Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. Meteor ship! Some folks have a strange idea entertaining. They're dead, but they're coming right for us. You're gonna need a bigger boat. of the Spooky Picture Show, where four friends get together to discuss all things horror, and as always, keep it spooky. I am one of your four co-hosts, Mr. Michael Felsher. And I'm Chris McGibbon. And I'm Kevin Ellis. And I'm Peter Bracky. And I'm taking this show rogue right now, and instead of our normal topic, we're going to discuss over the next four episodes the greatest horror movie ever made, Howling 7, New Moon Rising. What? Wait, Which wait, is wait. a film that is definitely deserving of a great deal of attention and is criminally underrated. Excuse Are you me? all on board? Excuse me? No. You're, fu- N- no. you're fired. I, yeah. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Obviously, I'm kidding. It would require much more than just a few episodes to delve into the greatness that is Howling 7. So we'll take an easier topic. Remakes! Ah. That's what we're tackling this this week. We're going to be talking about remakes. Not necessarily reimaginings or reboots, but remakes. And no, it's a very complicated subject and often controversial. To help clear this up and exactly how we're going to be tackling this subject this week, Chris, why don't you fill everybody in? Firstly, I wanted to discuss briefly what we define as a remake, uh, or uh, that term is used very loosely for a lot of newer horror films that are based off of uh, previously existing material, which I guess by definition in some way is a remake, uh, but in the cases of films like It or Pet Cemetery. Uh, we sort of consider those as re-adaptations or, uh, of the book, mm-hmm. original books or, or source material uh, versus a remake of the original film that was made as an adaptation of that book. Uh, so we didn't include movies like that in this list. Also, too, like, you know, from the, th- you know, uh, the Hammer Horror films, you know, based, you know, the Draculas, the Frankensteins, you know, those are all obviously loosely based off of Bram Stoker's novel, so those would technically be remakes of the Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff, Universal Monster movies. So it's a slippery slope, um, you know, in that sense. So that's why we just kind of felt like these don't really count in that fashion because they're not really remakes. They're just uh, they're retellings of, of original source material that existed either previously as a book or as a different medium that wasn't a movie prior. So uh, mm-hmm. also to pet some, uh, it specifically was a major TV movie. And um, so much was changed in the newer version that it doesn't even feel relatively close to that at all. Mm. Uh, but in Pet Cemetery too, they took a lot of liberations with the story. So uh, anyway. Yeah, well said. <laughs> Never do we. We're going to piss a lot of people off no matter what we do. Nah. But at le- least you understand our reasoning. Yeah. What was the, True. I think it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to piss people off. You know, um, We're just going to make them maybe. Oh, you just wait. <laughs> maybe they'll just take a look at, differently at some of the stuff that they uh, they disliked or maybe uh, liked. You know, who knows? Oh, and one thing I would like to add, I mean, in this discussion, obviously we're going to be covering a lot of remakes. 
we're covering mostly American remakes of American films. We're not going to be going too much to the European market, and we're not going to be covering the J-horror movement uh, from the early 2000s on, The Ring, The Grudge, so forth, Dark Water. Uh, not because we're trying to exclude any of those, but we're kind of really focusing on the phenomenon of American producers and American studios remaking American properties. So it's mm -hmm. not that we don't want to cover the J-horror titles, but that would also realistically add another hour to this yeah. broadcast, and I just <laughs> exactly. don't think I don't think the world can handle that. So yeah. it's exclusionary uh, only because we're trying to narrow the focus a little bit. But of course, we're wrong, and let us know we're wrong. But that was our decision, and I stand by it until it becomes incredibly unpopular. In which case, it was all Gibbs' fault. Dick. Right. <laughs> so then, so then, when what's our starting point for what we consider the remake craze? I guess. The remake craze really started in the early 2000s, realistically. Mm -hmm. I mean, prior to that, there were uh, a handful of remakes that were done. Uh, and if it's okay with you guys, I kind of want to talk about those a little bit first because um, yeah. those are the ones, there's a group of them, specifically, I think there's like five or six of them, my math is correct, uh, that are really uh, well-loved, and they are remakes. Um, and I think in some of the cases of these movies, people tend to forget that they're remakes because they don't, uh, even when people are doing their top 10 remake lists, sometimes these ones are left off and people remind them, what about this and what about that? Like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a remake. Uh, and so uh, films like, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers um, from 78, uh, The Thing and The Fly and The Blob, uh, Night of the Living Dead from 1990, mm -hmm. those are all, th th those are pretty universally loved in the community now. Um, with the exception, I think, of like The Blob, the other four i feel like are the ones that people forget are remakes maybe because invasion of the body snatchers has been remade so mm -hmm. many times it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to pimp like call mm -hmm. call it a remake anymore um <laughs> and you know but night in fairness so is night of the living dead that's been remade now five times if i'm not mistaken Jesus. not officially but um it has been remade multiple times as well so uh but um what do you guys think of like those movies, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? We'll start with that one. I, I love that movie. Actually, it's my favorite version of Body Snatchers, of that story. Um, to me, a great remake is when like the filmmaker has a real passion for the material, but they find some way to make it relevant to that specific time. Um, the movie does a really good job of tapping into a lot of the stuff that was going on in the late 70s. Um, it's really well directed, really beautifully shot. It, it, yeah, it again, takes a similar situation, but it comes up with kind of new characters, a new spin on the characters, a new setting, but it's still mm -hmm. very faithful to the spirit of the original. So that to me is kind of like almost like an ideal kind of remake, you know? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Peter. I really respect the '78 version. I think Philip Kaufman did a great job in translating the paranoia to late mm -hmm. '70s paranoia, post Vietnam, post Watergate. I mean, that was a period where Nobody trusted anything. That was really where things were just beginning to seriously unravel in terms of the public's willingness to accept what the government was telling them. And he played into that really, really well. Mm -hmm. Great cast. Everyone from Donald Sutherland on the way down from Jeff Goldblum and Leonard Nimoy. I mean, it was just exceptionally well done. And it's one of those films that, for me, oddly enough feels sort of timeless there's not a lot that dates that movie yeah i mean you can say some of the a couple of the fashion choices mm -hmm. and the uh, some of the special effects but not really i mean it's it's a very subtle film in many ways 
And I got to give him big props to the wonderful Kevin McCarthy cameo that happens uh, near the end of the film. Uh, Kevin McCarthy being the star of the original, having him run up and go, they're here, they're here already. It was just like, what a perfect uh, little reference that was. And also the director of the original, Don Siegel, makes a cameo as a cab driver, as I recall. So he, he threw in references to the original, but he did what good remakes are supposed to do. Take the concept and move it along forward into another area and do something distinctive with it. Put your own stamp on the material. And uh, even though, oddly enough, uh, as much as I like this movie, I really actually prefer out of all the official versions of this story, uh, the Abel Ferrara remake from uh, 1993. I just thought he, he tapped into a tone with that that I absolutely love. And the performances were even more unsettling and weird, especially Meg Tilly. But... Uh, Nothing against uh, in 78. And I watched that one uh, by coincidence, by complete coincidence, about three weeks ago. It was on, and I watched it all the way through, and it, uh, it's, um, it's definitely a superior example. And I think it, it goes to the heart of how effective that story is for each generation going forward. Because things aren't getting any better with our trust of uh, authority. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a story that will always probably remain relevant, sadly, one way or another. But right. it's, it's an exceptionally good version of the story. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that one, Richard, until you said that. The body snatchers one? Hmm. Yeah, I, I just yeah. completely lost my mind. Yeah. But I'll enjoy the 78 version, the Donald Sutherland epic ending where he's pointing, mm -hmm. screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember, I remember that weird scene with the the dog that comes up and has the guy with the head. face. Yeah, that's that's a weird yeah. moment. Yeah, that was, was, I remember that being very strange when I saw it. And they score it with like a banjo or something. It's like he runs up and goes, and it's like, wow, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin McCarthy cameo. This probably wasn't intentional, but wouldn't it be funny if like that cameo was meant to. Uh, sort of imply that the original movie's happening at the same time. And these yeah, it's are, the same guy. These are two he's, been running, yeah. he's been running around for a while, like, trying to, God damn it! Well, no, 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 like, it's actually happening, like, you know. Oh, it's like the next town it's, over. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah. And it's like yeah. a parallel, you know, parallel story. Yeah, sure, to what's it could gonna, be. I mean, that could it be could interesting be. approach. Yeah. I know um, that was something that uh, Romero did with um, uh, Diary and Survival of the Dead. You know, you tell the story of another group of characters that are in the same timeline, just, you know, right. from a different perspective. That would have been interesting if that was the kind of an approach for that scene. Maybe probably wasn't, but you know, something I just, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was just like, it's cool to have him. Yeah. It was a cool cameo. Yeah, obviously. But now yeah. that's how I'm going to look at it. Uh, you can always do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then there <laughs> was, uh, uh, the thing which came out in 82 and this one kind of falls into that category though, of the re readaptation. Cause it does almost kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we wanted mm -hmm. to include it because, it's it is one of those movies that when people make their lists of remakes, they always include it, and they always and mm -hmm. then or people forget about it. It's usually one of the other, forget that it's a remake rather. Uh, so we and we've talked about it before. You know, we've we've definitely discussed the thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But real quick, you know, I think it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I, I yeah, I agree. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Period. Like leaving genre out of it, uh, it is one of those movies where. It was perfectly cast. You have 12 guys in this movie or something like that, and each one is so distinctively cast, you have no problems keeping track of who's who at any moment. And it, again, it plays into that paranoia. Who is my friend? Why Are you my friend? Do I know you? Even though I think I know you, are you not the person? I mean, it just plays into that so well. Those are the scenes that work for me the most still to this day. Mm -hmm. The effect scenes, which are fantastic, and in many ways have yet to be topped, it's all about the trying to figure out 
who was who at what point and when did they get taken over and yeah i mean it's just, there's a whole bunch of just wonderful mystery in that movie and uh it, it is for me a great example of again you taking the going, going back to the original source material the who goes there and really tackling the creature as it was intended rather than it being sort of a traditional space alien as played by James Arness in the Hawks version, which is a great movie, by the way. Right. Not to dissuade anyone from seeing the thing that came from another world. Uh, it's a wonderful film. But, you know, they were limited by how they could realize the creature back then. In this one, they were able to do a much more literal adaptation of what a chameleon in the dark would be. And they did a, a fantastic job. And I could ramble on forever. That's how much I love that movie. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> it, it is it is a great movie. And there, there somebody wrote, I think I mentioned this before, but I remember finding this online. It was a dis, uh, dissertation. It was like 162 pages long um, on the thing for like a college course. And it basically, it broke down all of these little things in the movie that are suggesting you know, this person, this is when this person got taken over. This is when this mm -hmm. person was no longer human. Um, this is when the thing was here and yet, you know, or when they were still human, like somebody drops a set of keys. If you don't see it, you just hear the keys right. hit the floor. Right. And then, right. and then later, like that character is asked where the keys are and they're saying somebody else had them at one point, but they had them cause they dropped them. So, you know, it's not oh, them yeah. anymore. And I'm like, wow, like it really kind of blew my mind that, you know, that sound effect's intentional. So, I mean, like, that mm -hmm. is the type of thought that was put into it. So, it's pretty fantastic that they went. Oh, I've watched so many th things. I've watched so many thing breakdown pieces on YouTube. And I always go for the longer ones because I really want to get into this shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. And then uh, up. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, there's that sound I love. <laughs> that. Did you have something you wanted to add to the thing before we moved on? I, I think, right, Kevin? We're, we're a little more mixed yeah, on the Yeah, I thing, feel like we're sticking the mud and all this stuff. The what now? Yeah, sticking the mud. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought you said something else. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. No, I can appreciate the effects. I, I mean, uh, the effects were awesome. Yeah, sure, sure. But mm -hmm. Yeah, they're still. I mean, it's just, it's a. It, the character, uh, it's 12 guys and beards. I can't tell them. They apart. don't all have beards. Very little character. To the, they no, mostly, they don't have, mostly beards. have beards. One black guy and they're all white guys. Bunch of white guys oh, with beards. Oh, okay. Now it's a white guy um, thing. A lot of there's, them, there's two black guys in there. Okay, two. Sorry, sorry. Two, two out of ten. Um, no, like. You were so was, fired. Uh, okay, I'll just tell the same one. Well, just uh, most of the characters, I could not tell you anything about them. I, I, they have no personality traits. Like, there's a few, like, uh, the guy with the dogs. I think that's well done where you give him a little bit of understanding. You know, the guy who, who prefer to be around dogs and people. But, mo like, there's, like, two or three characters, like, literally, I can't remember their names. Like, they're just sort of maybe one characteristic. Oh, that's the kind of funny one, or that's the stoner one, and that's it. So... It's kind of a, a mass of nothingness character-wise for me. So if, I think if you took away the effects, I don't think people would be talking about the movie very much. That's all I'll say. Peter, can I, could I ask, when is the last time you saw it? Six months ago, maybe. Okay, so fairly recently. I've okay. seen it like I've seen it about twenty times. Okay. I've seen it about twenty times. No, I, I like I do like it. I, mean, I, I would just disagree that it's a care that it's. I thought the opposite was that, uh, you know. Uh, in a way, it's the opposite where 
they don't have that much personality because as the thing goes into each one, that creates more paranoia. It's not a, it's not really a character piece. It's it's not what it's about. It's about creating the sort of the mood and the anxiety of. Oh, I would agree. It's yeah. not a character piece per yeah. se. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. But at the same time, I was able to. I just thought it was cast really well. But anyway. Yeah. No, I like the actors are all really great. Yeah. yeah. We could like I said, we could talk yeah, about the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we 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 have discussed the thing before. So let's. Yes. Uh, we'll move yeah. Let's go What's on next? to uh, well the next one <laughs> from that from that era was the fly, um, which mm-hmm. this is one that is it's it's so radically different from the original. It feels like it feels kind of inhuman to call it a remake. Um, yeah, because it, it it does not tackle the subject matter the same way at all. I mean the no. the only similarities to the original film is it involves a scientist who's trying to develop a transport a machine that can bring you from one place to another and accidentally gets a fly in the machine when he does it the first time and starts to turn into a fly but in the original uh as soon as he does the experiment he has a fly head and like a fly arm that he has covered through most of the movie and then there's a big reveal and you know and then but the original it's a gradual like transformation as he starts to turn into this creature that's half human half fly and his humanity starts to to drip away with every transition uh it, it's a much more developed character piece for you know it really is and it's also a love story at the same time so you know yeah i mean it's the, it, and, and by bringing in david cronenberg as a director you were going to get a very distinctive take on this material mm-hmm. it, it certainly went into the themes that he had been exploring in terms of the, the nature of the body and how it can be transformed and how it transforms mm-hmm. a person inside. And I mean, there was, it, it, so it was clearly something that appealed to him, but it was, it was kind of a step up for him in a way because this was a, at its heart, it's a conventional mainstream mm-hmm. film, really. Yeah. You know, it's a love, it's mm-hmm. a tragic love story. It's Romeo and Juliet in a way. And I, there's a reason why that was out of the ones we're talking about from this time period was the most successful one at the box office mm-hmm. because despite all the you know the graphic nature of the story and there's some disgusting shit yeah. in this movie yeah. it is it was a film that really appealed to people it was the one that really they they bought the love story they bought Goldblum's performance which was deserving of an Oscar nomination that year and didn't get one uh, and the, the effects were fantastic and it was just uh, and again the original film was famous for two reasons. One, it was Vincent Price. I love Vincent Price. Absolutely. And two, the ending with the fly with the human head going, help me, yeah, help yeah. me. You know, it, and, and, and nothing wrong with that. The original fly is a lot of fun. But this is obviously a much more literal, ta- a much more literate kind of uh, subtle take on the material, oddly enough. Right. As, 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 as graphic as the movie is, it has much more nuance and it's uh, it's a brilliant film, and I can see why it was successful. And uh, it also was the first of this list. Actually, now that I think about it, it really kind of wasn't uh, to spawn a sequel to a remake because we had The Uh-oh. Fly Two mm-hmm. uh, a few years later, which has a scene with a dog, which I will never forgive the filmmakers for. Yeah, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, but the thing, oddly enough, ended up having a prequel sequel years later which told the story of the Norwegian camp beforehand. So that's it's kind of an odd phenomenon where we're starting getting sequels to remakes. Yeah. But, well, uh, in, in, in fairness, The Fly 2 came out in like 89. The thing yeah, prequel the thing came out in 2000, years uh, later, yeah, 2011. Yeah. Uh, 11, 11, so we can 11, still yeah. call The Fly the first remake that's true a, yeah it was yeah, yeah. Sequel, yeah con- sure and that was the conventional sequel where they yeah. picked up with the idea yeah. of the sun and you know kind of moved on with that but it was um it's the best of, it's certainly the one that was the biggest 
hit out of all of those yeah. uh, mm-hmm. early ones. And I, I, and it's again, it's like Chris said with the thing. It's the one where everyone goes, "Well, remakes suck." Well, you pull out mm-hmm. your thing and your fly cards, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So, yeah. but um, it's a it's a magnificent film, and it's 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 immaculately produced in yeah. every sense. It really is. It, it, it's actually kind of funny because I saw the original fly in a very unconventional way, and I didn't see the whole movie. I just saw that help me, help me part, <laughs> um, and I saw it in the movie Little Monsters. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a scene yeah. where uh, the kid is in bed and the TV is in the closet or some it's it's somewhere. I think it's in the closet and uh, he hears the audio of that coming from like the closet and and I just remember not knowing what that was and it being kind of freaked out by it. And then when I finally <laughs> saw the fly, I went, "Oh my god, that's that movie from Little Monsters!" <laughs> Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, that's how I first saw the, the original. I, I saw the remake w- way before the original, so. Uh, so did yeah, I, too. actually. Yeah, me too. I like it a lot, yeah. I think, I, you know, I think, what, like you said, Redshirt, it works purely just as a dramatic story, a very commercial, mm-hmm. accessible dramatic story. Um, it works great as a remake, and it also just works as a David Cronenberg movie. Like, none of those three right. elements yeah. cancel each other out. Um, yeah. um, he's able to take his... He's able to make a really commercial film, but still keep his sensibility, which I thought was which was great, and it's just really powerful. Like the ending, I mean, it's really sad and tragic to me. Like the litmus is always, you know, if you take the horror elements elements out, does the movie still work? You know, and I would watch those characters. You know, and I would just watch them. Yeah, the yeah. story for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's on my top tier list yeah. of remakes. Yeah, it's so sad too. Yeah, it is. It is. It's yeah. got a really sad ending, and it, yet it doesn't make you not want to watch the movie yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. It's got, a very, it's got a very gruesome ending and a very sad ending, mm-hmm. and it also has one of the weird, well, not weirdest, but most, I guess, frightening nightmare sequences in a in a movie. Oh God! Yeah, when she yes, gives the, birth the to the maggot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, Didn't you say oh, there was no, a, yeah. another scene? Or no, was that the fly too that they cut out? Um, no, there's a deleted scene from the yeah, fly where fly. he he fuses. What is it? Is it a That's baboon right. and a? Yeah, uh, it, it was called the uh, the monkey cat sequence yeah. where he yeah. put a monkey and a cat together and then ends up having to pretty much beat it cat. to death or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And and that that they said it went over the line. First of all, it took up a lot of time in the movie, mm. and second, it was it shows like. Too much animal cruelty. Now mm. you're turning against him. Yeah, and it's like you can't have that in there. And yeah, there was there was a lo- there was another part of that where he goes onto the roof and he starts and he and he starts kind of freaking out because the experiment failed and he I think he is starting to realize he's not going to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts to grow another arm and he falls mm-hmm. down into a uh, on top of a dumpster and he actually ends up biting it off. I was surprised they didn't leave that in. They didn't just like cut the baboon thing and leave that part of him just going up to the roof and kind of having a. A freak mm-hmm. out moment because they really could have cut that into the part where she told him she wasn't going to keep the baby. That could have mm-hmm. been like his after moment freak out, you know, and the arm growing out because it was a really cool effect. And it, it, on mm-hmm. the disc, the Blu- Blu-ray and DVD that it's on, the music's there and the sound effects are there. So you could kind of tell that this scene was cut very late in the game. I mean, it was mixed and everything. I, yeah. So I think it might have been a situation of it's just too much yeah. weirdness, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got a film where a guy throws up on a guy's hand and foot dissolves it. Yeah, I love that. It's so gross, but it's wonderful. Uh, Badass arm wrestling scene. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he's pulling his fingernails off and shit. So it's like, at some point, they're like, how many things are we going to have him take off of himself? (laughs) You know, it's just like. One bug arm wouldn't have killed him. But, uh, yeah. uh, And then came the blob in 88. And, um,. This was one of those, another one that didn't do very well when it came out, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but grew 
over time. Uh, and it was one that I always kind of looked at as a remake and a sequel. It kind of worked mm-hmm. as both, you know. Uh, and it also, it just, it was another one of those remakes where it just kind of took the core story of, of a, uh, you know, a blob monster taking over a small town. Uh, they changed the origin of the creature and they also changed the hero, which was a big surprise. I remember watching that for the first time and going, oh, that's not that. Oh, I didn't yeah, see that coming. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and it had a lot of great scenes in it, a lot of great characters, uh, great actors. Uh, it's one of those ones that I, I do feel like comes up on that, you know, remake suck list and then people pull up the blob with the fly and the thing and you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, the Bob's actually really good, and it's got some great effects. And they did something in the 80s that wasn't normally done or done, done that often. They killed a kid. <laughs> yeah, they did. That's, yeah, they in killed the, the, the kid sewer. violently. Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah, like no, he a, gets, Yeah, he gets grabbed, and then you see him dissolve. Yeah, like, yeah and he reaches out for yeah. her, and she's and like, yeah, I'm like, like, oh. like, no, don't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> but holy shit. Yeah, yeah, the Blob was a, a really effective remake for me because... It paid homage to the original uh, in a lot of ways. It didn't shy away from being connected to that movie, but it had more of a, a, a conventional tone. And also, you know, the original Blob looked like grape jelly. It always did. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. in fact, there's a great gag in the movie where they cut from the Blob attacking someone to a kid slurping jelly, jello or something. Off yes, of I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was a real subtle little. I was like, I like that. That was a little reference to it. But this one, in the, you know, it's just like this gelatinous thing which dissolves its you know victims and there's a great sequence with uh candy clark where she's trapped inside a phone yeah the phone and she's like and she's like where's the sheriff where's the sheriff oh i think he was at the diner and then he floats by in the blob and he's like oh well he did get there he did get there that's nice uh it's it's really well done and it's fun and it's got a good a, a good sense of humor about it and i was about to say that yeah a lot of and it's really wicked at times and i i I think it was just the problem was people remembered the original a little bit too well. It was too much of a joke. And so when they saw it being rebooted, they're kind of like, really, a blob remake? Yeah. And also, big creature features in 88. Mm. I don't know if people were really looking for that at yeah. the time. It was just... And the and I remember the marketing being very vague. They didn't show the blob at all, mm-hmm. and which I get, but at the same time, I think they kind of backfired on them a little bit because... Until you see how cool it was, it was yeah. like, "Oh, this is different than what we're getting." And as a result, it just kind of, you know, didn't go anywhere. Unfortunately, yeah. when I saw it, I was ten years old, so I didn't know, I wasn't aware it was a remake. Mm-hmm. So that was that was like a new movie to me. So that's mm-hmm. that was my take on it. That's yeah, cool. yeah, I saw it. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Yeah, um, audience we had a lot of fun. I don't know why it wasn't a bigger hit. I mean, I remember all of us like, yeah, that was that was cool. That was good. It was just the late eighties was a weird time. The again, the slasher mm-hmm. franchises were dying out. Yeah, and, and I don't know. And I yeah, watch it all the time. Eighty-eight, yeah, yeah eighty-eight was a big year for slasher franchises. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. you know there was Nightmare Four, mm-hmm. Halloween Four, and that was a sequel year. Everything was a sequel that mm-hmm. fucking year. It yeah, was just like yeah. good lord. Eight, uh, yeah. Hellraiser 2 all Critters 2 everything yeah. Return so of the Living like, Dead Part 2 yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And not all these films were hits but it was just like uh, the blob seemed kind of antiquated yeah. oddly enough yeah. when it came out it's like oh the blob you know, like, oh, okay I do uh, I do love the scene where the, the really horny teenager is at the pharmacy <laughs> buying condoms for his date and he says it's for his friend over there and he needs the ribbed ones and yeah. he comes to the girl's house and he takes down the paper and just goes 
ribbed. <laughs> it was a, it was a great. It was it, it really did kind of lay a good foundation for a good sense the sense of humor the movie had and yeah. Uh, and, but the, you know when the horror elements hit, it really hit hard. Like there was some really graphic shit in that movie and and some really surprising stuff. And the theater sequence was really really yeah. Fun. And yeah. I can imagine yeah. watching that in the theater being like, oh shit, oh, yeah. and just start looking yeah. around yeah. the ceiling like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, it, 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 I'm glad it, I'm glad it caught on. I'm glad that it did find an audience. And oh, and I'm not surprised that it did because it was so well done. But it was yeah. one of those ones where thank God for video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And TV really. Yeah, people probably yeah. saw it on TV yeah. too. Um, Speaking so, of which, speaking of which, yeah. uh, the the next one and kind of the the big five, the ones that everybody seems to universally love versus dislike, is um, Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead from 1990. Uh, another one that came and went in theaters, didn't make much of an impression uh, in that front, but then uh, grew as time went on uh, to be a film that I think a lot of people honestly hold in as high regard as they do the original uh there are a lot of folks i know personally that in a lot of ways prefer this version over the original uh you know the pacing is you know in my opinion it is better um i think it was a very wise idea to take a bulk of the action and make it the movie versus you know boarding up the house and then 30 minutes of people sitting around a room talking not that in the original, any of it was boring or uninteresting, but it does put a lull kind of right in the middle of the film. And I also didn't kind of realize this until recently. A majority of the main cast, like Tom, Harry, Judy, and you know, um, they're in the basement for the first like third of that film. And this one, they're out pretty early on, and they're in the entire movie, so they feel more like characters versus just people who pop up, you know. And then Harry kind of stands out, and so does Helen in the original. But Tom and Judy just kind of fade in the background a little bit for a while, and. Anyway, uh, in this one, they're more prominent. And I also love what they did with Barbara. Uh, taking oh, yeah. her character mm-hmm. uh, from this catatonic you know, s- furniture set piece, realistically, is what she became. She sat on that couch and never moved. Uh, and turning her into this, you know, kind of the only one in the group who's got a level head. I mean, she's the one who's like, you know, and, and it, it took a long time. At that point, it would, would have been 20 years. But she finally said that, you know, they're so slow. We can just walk right past these walkers. We don't even have to run from them. Um, and she, re- when she realizes that, it's like, wow, like she's, she's the one who's got her head on straight, you know. Uh, and she's, you know, it, and she becomes a fighter, and she doesn't take any shit from anybody living or dead. So, I was really glad they did that with her, uh, and they made her yeah. more, uh, you know, stronger character. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the remake of Night of the Living Dead. It's probably my, my favorite remake of all the remakes. I really would say it's it's up there. I agree. The change in or the the changing of the Barbara character just tip the scales tip the scales for me because mm-hmm. it I, I just keep them side by side, say one one's one A and one 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 B. But when I watch it, it's just that that one's I, I think it's better than the original, not by much, but I, I do I do think it is really okay. Yeah. Now, but I love the original, though. I do want to ask <laughs> you guys something, because for me, when I saw the remake, Candyman was already out. So mm. Tony Todd was Candyman. You mm. guys all saw it before he was Candyman, because this came out like 1990. Uh, after Candyman came out, did you look at the remake any differently? Like, Did you look at no. Tony Todd and go, oh, look, I've it's I've never Candyman. even thought about it. I, I, I've seen Tony Todd in so many different things now mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily... And his Candyman portrayal is so specific to that movie 
that I don't like when I watch them on Deep Space Nine. I'm like, oh, that's Candyman under that Klingon headgear. Right, I mean, that's right. not. It does. It doesn't really work that way for me with him. Uh, so no, not not certainly not in terms of Night of the Living Dead, because that's a very heroic, very stolid portrayal of a character that's nothing like Tony Todd's a really strong actor. Yeah, and he's he was uh, uh, very effective in that role. That movie is very well cast, and it it it, it plays off your expectations of the original film. But at the same time, it does give you a little bit of a different take on it. I think George Romero, when he wrote the script, used this as an opportunity to what he felt right the wrongs of the first movie. Yeah. I don't know if he would go so far as to say right the wrongs, but like, yeah, with the Barber character, it's like I felt bad she was a catatonic for most of the picture. Yeah. And I felt bad that, you know, some of these things didn't happen a little bit differently. And then the ending of the picture is inverted in a large yeah. way. Uh, it's a very effective remake. I love some of the more emotional moments that Savini, uh, Tom Savini, for those of you, you know, aren't familiar with the history of the remake, the real rim, the impetus for it was for the people who made the original to regain some control over the property yeah. because there was a copyright snafu regarding the original film and they lost all the revenue off of it after a certain point. Anyone could bring it out and do whatever they wanted with it. And so by doing the remake, it was a chance for them to sort of reestablish control of this monster that they had created so, okay, maybe a more financial impetus for this one, but Tom Savini, who had been an effects you know, god for years at this point, had been wanting to direct for a long time, and he took this as the opportunity of a lifetime, and he poured his heart into it. He wasn't able to achieve a lot of what he wanted to for various reasons, but what he got was really special, and he got some really wonderful moments like at the end when Barbara leaves the farmhouse finally and she encounters a woman with the doll. Yeah. And she's just like pushing her away and pushing her like, this is too much. Even I can't deal with this shit at this point. And it's just, I, I, I like the, uh, and as Chris animated earlier, the movie moves like a motherfucker. Yeah. It never Fast. lulls. It never Fast. finds, it has quiet moments, but it doesn't have dead air. Right. And I really appreciate that about it. And it's, uh, I, I've always said that this one can stand proudly next to the original. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And it's a shame. Um, it's a shame, though, that the, the marketing was iffy and weird. Yeah. Because they didn't. They didn't know. It seemed like no one understood what the movie was when it came out. People were just kind of like, "Well, is this a colorized version of the original movie?" Yeah. Because George A. Romero's mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead. That didn't help at all. And I was going to say that no, the poster yeah. putting his name above the title, which I get, like that's the most wrecking, you know, for yeah. you know, it's recognizable, but. Putting his name above the title, if I didn't know any better looking at that poster, I would just think they reissued the original and gave it some new art. Right, and so a lot of people were just like, well, what is this? I heard a lot of people going, what is this exactly? So and I and I, and I I love that poster. That's not even me shitting on the poster. It's just, you know, it's a very, it's zombies walking up to a house. I mean, that's like, that's the original movie, too. Yeah, it was also 1990, and horror was in a weird nebulous mm -hmm. state at that yeah. point. So no one really, it was just, I just remember the, the marketing campaign being very weak. Yeah. And sort of just you know mediocre and you know just like bland. It had a so great. You never really it, got to it did have a great trailer though. I do love the trailer. The trailer was okay, but again, it was just like it shows the movie. I mean, it's not like it shows, you know it, you get. Yeah, you, it shows them, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's easy to armchair quarterback this stuff and say mm -hmm. this is what they should have done. That's what they should have. Done. I I don't. I wouldn't want to be a movie marketer under any circumstances because it's such a crapshoot sometimes. But I just remember I wasn't surprised that the movie bombed. Let me mm -hmm. put it to you that way because mm. it just. It failed to make much of an impression, and if you create confusion with people before they even go to the theater, 
it's not going to yeah. end up working, unfortunately. You guys really made me want to see the movie again. I saw it in 1990 when it came out, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know why it didn't make an impression on me. I've, I've really mm-hmm. forgotten most of it. Um, but that's my new homework assignment. I'm going to revisit the film. That's You know what, yeah. P- Peter, in a way, I kind of envy that because I would love to see that movie again for the first yeah. time. I really would. Um, you know, uh, I went, Felsher and I, uh, in, in June, uh, went to uh, Monroeville to Living Dead Weekend mm-hmm. where they celebrated mm-hmm. Night 90. And they had this, um, they had a screening of the movie because the mo- they had this show at the Monroeville Mall where the original Dawn of the Dead was filmed. And uh, the mall has a movie theater in it, so they they hooked up with the movie theater and they screened the movie, and it was a sold out screening. And uh, I, you know, I went and talking to people, you know, prior to the film and after, um, there were a lot of people that were bringing like their you know girlfriends, wives, husbands, <laughs> significant other, you know, kids, whatever, and they were seeing this for the first time. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so jealous. You get to see it for the <laughs> first time in a theater. You know, like that's pretty fucking cool, and I hope you, I hope you guys yeah. like it. And uh, one of the people was actually a, a friend of mine. A, a friend came with me, my, another horror fan, uh, buddy of mine, and uh, this guy's kind of like our our protege. We're teaching him, you know, we're showing him all the stuff that he missed, and this is one <laughs> of the movies he missed. And when it was over, we were like, "So what do you think?" He goes, "Man, I can't believe that movie is over thirty years old. It looks like it was made yesterday." Right. Like, right, and right. he's just like all the effects and the characters. They were so great. Because those zombies, you know, um, you know, uh, hats off to Optic Nerve because they, I still think those zombies are the best looking zombies committed to film. I really don't think anyone's, people have come close. Like, I still love the look of the zombies in Day of the Dead. Don't get me wrong. Those are fantastic looking. But these ones are the most, like, realistic and kind of, you see pictures of them and you're just like, man, that looks like a dead person. That, you know, that really looks like somebody who died. And they studied, uh all kinds of um, uh, morgue photos, and, 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 and they went to an actual autopsy. Um, they really did their homework, you know. And then the eyes, the thing with the eyes. I don't think anybody had done that yet where they kind of mm-hmm. they took the eyes Fog out. the eyes up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I actually learned something interesting. So the graveyard zombie, um, I always knew his eyes kind of protruded out a bit. But um, what they did with him was they put these um, – uh, these covers like they were like plastic covers that went over the guy the actors the actual eye so he was completely blind but they did it so his eyes wouldn't move so when he was like you know going toward you know moving around because when a person moves their eyes go back and forth but if you watch him moving his eyes don't move so they really wanted these like dead eyes on this on this first zombie that you see and and they did the same thing with uncle Reed, where you can't, you know, his eyes are bulging out of his head, or it looks like they're kind of, you know, sticking out a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, they don't move, and it's it's creepy. It's very creepy, and it's very effective. So, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that film. Yeah, I, I really I, can't. I understand, Peter, because it's when you saw. I liked it when I first saw mm-hmm. it. I didn't love it, I, but I liked it, and I had a little bit of a problem the first time I went to go see it. The print broke in the first reel, <laughs> and I had to, and they couldn't fix it. I remember the guy coming down there. We don't know how to fix it, print. Oh, shit. and I was like. Okay, wow. so I had to go see it at another theater the next day, and so that might have uh, upset my uh, uh, interest in seeing it at that point. But I remember liking it, but it wasn't until I watched it a few years later that I was like, oh, oh, you know what? There's actually a lot more to it. So I'd be interested to see mm-hmm. what you think yeah. when you if you rewatch it. And I'm excited. I'm not even going to look at the trailer. I'm just going to go back and... Yeah, go on yeah. blind. No. Just go on blind. It's the best way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after uh, Night 90 kind of came and went and, you know, unfortunately bombed at the box office, there wasn't another remake that I recall 
uh, again until 1998 mm-hmm. when uh, Gus Van Sant undertook the incredible task of remaking Psycho. Yes. And uh, his approach to this film was the original Psycho is perfect. We don't want to really stray from that. So we're just going to make this a shot for shot, line for line remake. Uh, it's just, it's going to be new actors. Everything's going to be exactly the same. Uh, the only thing he changed was he added a deleted scene that was cut for 1960 because it was a little too risque of Norman Bates looking through a peephole and masturbating uh, to um, her in the shower. And it was, that was it. Everything else was the exact same movie. Uh, this is a weird one because the original Psycho is, is you know, it's a classic horror film. There's no disputing that. And with this one being a shot-for-shot remake, it's hard to say that it's bad. Hmm. It's just very odd. I don't know about bad, but it's odd. Because the actors are all great. I think all the actors were good. They all, you know, uh, they're all accomplished actors who did fine. Yeah. It's it's unnecessary. Yeah. What I, what I, what well, yeah. what you're seeing yeah. with this, and this, is, this one stands alone on this list for a number of reasons. You're looking at a full-fledged filming of a film theory. The theory being, if you get the same kind of actors together, a talented director, and you f- copy shot for shot, word for word, a film that's been done, and you should be able to replicate the results or get damn near close to it. And the obvious answer is no, because there's alchemy involved when you make a movie. There's something in the air, there's something that's going on that's magical that you can't necessarily quantify, put into a bottle, and sell. It's this weird situation where they got the right people at the right time behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and any attempt to replicate that is going to end up seeming off and weird and stagey, which is exactly what the Psycho remake ends mm-hmm. up being. Now, I give Gus Van Sant all the credit in the world for having the balls to do this. You know, he cashed in his goodwill. Mm-hmm. He cashed in his goodwill hunting uh, buzz after you know to make this movie, and he was he was really dedicated to seeing is this possible. I just wish someone had kind of grabbed him by the shoulders and gone, "No, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen." It's a fascinating watch because of some of the little changes he makes here and there, but about how close he gets. Uh, but again, it's one of those situations where it just feels totally off right from the beginning because you, you see, mm-hmm. again, the closer he gets, the faker and more in disingenuous the film feels. It's an odd, it's an odd experiment, and I, get, I give him full credit. But with the exception of Robert Forster being cast as the psychiatrist at the end of the picture, which I thought was a brilliant move because the guy they hired in the original overacted that whole scene terribly. So they got in Robert Forster to help sell that material. Actually worked very, very well. Um, other than mm-hmm. that, it's just one of those movies where you just sit there the whole time going, well, it's just damn odd. You know, it's just <laughs> like, what? A, it, that was interesting. So it's an anomaly. It's an anomaly. But I think everyone should see it. Oddly enough, I think every, yeah. at least once, yeah, because least once. again, it's a it's a film theory that everyone's always discussed. Take the same script, same kind of actors, and follow it shot for shot. Can we make the same great movie? No. And here's and yeah. here's the actual proof of it. it, it here's proof of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for one watch. Maybe it's a good thing they did it because now we got it. You know, now we know. No one has to do it again ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no discussion. So if you, but but the the real question, I mean, a question I have is if if you guys were tasked with the the undertaking of remaking something like Psycho, would you would you have would you have taken a similar approach, or would Mm -hmm. you have done it completely different? I would not have done what he did. No, Uh, no. 
I would have done what the sequels did. No. Essentially, is no. move yeah. the story forward in a way, or do something, or bring your own kind of magic and ideas to it. You know, I yeah. mean, honestly, all the yeah. sequels are better than the, the remake. And they're all more distinctive, yeah. and they all do something interesting with the Norman mm-hmm. Bates character. Yeah. Uh, no, if I were to remake Psycho, I would take a totally different tack on it. Because, again, I think that's really the only way you succeed with these things. Is you strike out, you, what you, you may strike out trying an original take on, a, on, a re, on, a, on an existing story, but at least you tried something different that had a chance. You know, Psycho, right. in my view, never had a chance. Not the way he tried to do it. I saw it in the theater, and... You know, what I realized, especially over the years, it was very interesting, Gus Van Zandt, they did like a career retrospective with him, and he spoke, and, and um, I think it was AFI, and, uh, and they asked him about Psycho, he's like, you know, it was meant to be a tribute, his thought was, you know, it's like a play, right? Like, um, be, every time they restage, you know, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf or something, you don't change the dialogue, you know, there's a certain respect, um, you just restage the same classic play over and over again, so let's restage it for a new generation, but not, you know, apologize for the original movie and say oh it's dated or whatever let's pay respect to it and do it you know exactly the same way but i think what happens is like when you're making a movie you have to has to be spontaneity like the actors have to be able to like sometimes go off script or you know move a certain way in a scene or you you have to be creative with the blocking in the moment and and like he literally set up storyboards during filming and they would literally look at the storyboards and do the exact same camera angle he tried to time like the way they walked from the door to door or whatever, or between lines. I don't think you can stifle, you know, natural creativity that way. That's I think why it feels yeah, so weird. It's yeah. like a museum yeah. piece. It's not, isn't it? It's almost like it's like a it's like yeah, a wax yeah, figure replica. Of it so, is. That's a really good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I I didn't yeah. it didn't make me angry. Like I I realized it was a tribute, and you know, he loved Hitchcock. It wasn't a a negative thing, but like you said, Richard, it was. It was a film theory. Yeah. You know what's interesting that you said that, that didn't work. Peter. Yeah. I don't think I know anybody that the Psycho remake that left the Psycho remake angry. I think I know more people that left confused, yeah. and more people in, in kind of Kevin's yeah. position of yeah. that was just unnecessary. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't hate that it exists, but I don't think yeah. it should. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think yeah. most people went into that movie kind of with that yeah. attitude of kind of like, why are yeah. we seeing this? Uh, yeah, I'm curious, yeah. but yeah. I think I know I'm not going to like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, after Psycho, there, there was a, there wasn't much to do on the remake front, and then uh, I, I I don't know if the you know probably the studios just felt like why are we trying to remake these properties? They're not it's not working. People aren't watching them. Uh, but someone somewhere said, you know what? We're gonna we're, we're, we're fuck that. We're gonna remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre in two thousand three, and. Uh, I very distinctly remember this movie getting a lot of negative attention yeah. on the message boards. Mm-hmm. That was a shame. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there were there were people Sacrilege. who were just yeah. you know personally offended that which they even I dared. Find, which I found to odd because it's like there's already been three sequels, so I mean, what's what's one more? Yeah. And one of them, Next Generation, was technically mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to be a remake, right. but ended up turning into a sequel. So that's you know uh, that's yeah. one reason why we didn't cover that one by the way, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was uh, there was a lot of hate surrounding it, and it was you know, I remember wanting to see it more <laughs> because of that. Like I was like, "Fuck mm-hmm. you guys!" Like it's probably going to be pretty good. And then they they released this teaser trailer that I thought was fantastic. The advertising for the film was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really yeah, it was just that, that you know, no picture, just audio of a girl hiding from Leatherface mm-hmm. and screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, wow, that was really creepy. And, uh, yeah, uh, 
I saw that movie on a date. I was on a date with a, a girl from school. I'm not a gold star gay. I apologize, but um, <laughs> and uh, I I remember we, a friend of mine bumped into us um, before we went to go see the movie, and he was going to see it too. And for all of you youngins out there, this was like prior to assigned seating in theaters, so you could sit wherever you wanted. So he sat next to us, thinking like, you know, it's no big deal. And I'm like, I'm, I'm on a fucking date. But uh, anyway, um, she ended up like, like, like gripping onto him through most of the movies. I was pissed at both of them by the time it was over. But uh, mm. when I saw, it, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was, it was, it was well, it well made. It was mm-hmm. scary. It was, it was really dirty. It was very grungy looking to me. Um, I, I think I was coming off, you know, horror was coming off of the glossy scream ripoffs, you know, and the sort of, you know, mm-hmm. the very mm-hmm. uh, pretty looking movies. And this one just had a very dirty feel to it. Uh, and I liked that about it. And, uh, yeah, I, I left the theater, you know, happy about the movie. I wasn't happy about the date, but I was happy about the movie. Uh, and it, it but then I re- revisited it recently when the new one came out for Netflix. And I was like, boy, this didn't age well. Like, it's not terrible, but I now I kind of see the problems that exist here uh, to the point where I now, in, in much larger respect, prefer the beginning. Mm-hmm. I do as remake. well. Yeah, except for those movie. last 10 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Those last yeah. 10 minutes sabotaged that movie yeah. completely for me. But up until then, I was liking it a lot more, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it's better. Um, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, again, I didn't have the same reverence. You know, I wasn't like, oh, my God, they can't do this. So I just kind of went yeah. like, oh, you know, hopefully it'll be a fun remake. Um, yeah. I do think they did a brilliant job, though, of it, maybe it was just timing. I, I remember after all the screen movies and mm-hmm. stuff, people, I think, were just ready for like a no holds barred, no irony, no meta. They just wanted to be scared to get in the trailer. And all the like you said, uh, the advertising was brilliant. It really tapped into that. It was just because then yeah. right for that, right? It was Saw and Hostile and that whole wave of hardcore horror showed up. It just, I think, so it was a mix of uh, timing. I think, to me, part of the backlash, too, was, you know, Marcus Nispel and Michael Bay, they came from the sort of music video commercial aesthetic, and so I think people, it just felt like this corporate remake from the start. Like, oh, you know, yeah. So I think that was part of the backlash, too. But, and it was, it is a, definitely, they weren't coming necessarily from a place of passion. I mean, Michael Bay said, you know, he just thought, wow, the title Texas Chainsaw is great. It's marketable. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I, I have a personal burning yearning to make this story. So my biggest, biggest complaint was actual the way Leatherface was portrayed in the movie, because it felt more to me like a like Jason instead of Leatherface. Yeah, Leatherface is always sort of, yeah, I had a problem with that. too. Yeah. I had a problem with the mask which was done up to have evil eyebrows and like black under his eyebrows. Like (laughs) we need to make the mask look evil. Cause yeah, a seven foot guy with a fucking chainsaw and a human skin mask. That's not scary until you put little eyebrows on the fucking mask. And then I might start running from it. Uh, you know, it's, I look, I hated that movie and I still hate it. And it's, uh, I thought it was fake dirty. You know, it was like the production designer went out of his way. He's like, all right, in the basement, we're going to have, you know, jars of eyeballs with water dripping on them. Oh, that's so slaughter. Oh, yeah. You can almost hear him jerking himself off while he's just like, oh, yes, I love it. It's so dirty. It's so slaughter. Oh, yeah. And I just was like, this is bullshit. And I, I didn't like the way it was filmed, oddly enough, from the same director of photography who did the first Chainsaw Massacre, Daniel Pearl, but it felt too much mm-hmm. like a music video to me. I didn't care about any of the characters. I thought some of the gags in it were really stupid, like when the hitchhiker blows her hole through her head and everyone's posed through the hole in her head going, ah! 
it was just for me it was it was it was crass and stupid and this was indicative i can just use this as a blanket statement for all the platinum dunes remakes it was all like hey what's a property let's do that property and mm-hmm. they didn't really give a shit about any of these mm-hmm. films really in in the specific it was just like that's a hot property or i know that movie let's make a property out of that property 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 and it's just for me this was the mm-hmm. the beginning of a trend which i really disliked in terms of the remakes and that it was clearly about hey people know this let's do that thing yeah and so I was not a not, not a mm-hmm. fan of this one at all. Well, this is the first one that was an actual hit. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a huge hit. Yeah, it, it was, was a huge. It kicked yeah. off the whole. It yeah. kicked off the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the marketing behind it was fantastic. It got people in the seats, and uh, you know, it kicked off a whole trend. But it was for me. I remember walking in that going, mm-hmm. "Oh man, there's going to be a lot of these," and there were. Mm-hmm. But oddly mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. the next big one that came along, yes, was the one that I was objected to the most. I don't uh, just as just to state for the record, I don't really give a shit about remakes one way or the other. Remake something, don't remake it. It's not going to affect my love of the original. It's not going to make the original disappear. I, I don't have a problem with that. So I'll go into your movie. Just give me something different. Give me something fun, and I'll be fine with it. So I'm not going to just say, "Oh fuck all remakes" from the beginning. That being said, when they announced they were doing a remake of Dawn of the Dead, my initial goddamn reaction was, Fuck that! No! Bullshit! Everyone yeah. fucking Dawn of the Dead! I hope these people burn in hell! You know, I was really pissed. And yet, I went and saw it, and I walked out going, Son of a bitch! Oh, fuck, I like that movie! God damn it! Um, I really enjoyed that movie, because again, it did... It was a, a. They took their own tackle on the material. They didn't just gloss over the bones of George's movie. They did something interesting with the idea. It was more of an action movie than it was a horror movie. But that was fine. I enjoyed that. It was had some witty dialogue, memorable characters. It moved very, very well. Great special effects, some clever gags. Great. I wish. And it was really one of only a couple from this wave that really did that. Yeah. And I, I wish that more of them had been that way. And it uh, had a killer opening ten minutes. And it knew how to grab you into the story, and it just—I uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I was—I almost felt bad. I almost wanted to call George up and go, "George, I'm sorry. I like the remake. I'm so sorry." You know, but even George was like, "Yeah, but the ten minutes at the beginning was great, wasn't it?" So he was like, "And yeah, that know, opening ten minutes is oh, it's yeah. great. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Probably some of the best opening ten minutes of any movie I've seen in years. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. Uh, and the rest of the movie is good too. It's just again, it was like." You took my one of my probably my favorite movie of all time and dared to remake it, and you made me like it. God damn it! Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I think Chris liked it a little bit too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, so I, uh, oh man, so you know, I came from this from a much different perspective. I. Um, at that point, I, I never disliked the original Dawn of the Dead. I never was at a point where I was like, man, that movie's you know, movie's terrible. But um, I was always a champion of Day of the Dead, and I I did feel like that there was this sort of resentment I had towards Dawn of the Dead because you know everybody preferred it over Day, which I thought was the better movie. So like maybe there was a little bit of of you know um, pleasure in the suffering of the fans of Dawn of the Dead, seeing their precious <laughs> getting remade. Um, you know, so I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, how about the suffering of you Day of the Dead fans? How are those remakes no. going for you? Yeah, no shit. So, um, I, I, you know, <laughs> TV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
There's a there's yeah. a oh, yeah. show. There's Day of the Dead Contagion, two there official is? remakes, and a TV show. Oh. Yeah, no, let's uh, yeah. let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll cover that in a little bit. Oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, sure uh, we will. You know, so mm. you know, I actually got interviewed at a convention. It was in 2003 about the remake of Dawn of the Dead because I was my first convention ever it was Fangoria and Chiller's Weekend of Horrors in New Jersey, and um, I remember like bribing my mother to get her to take me and uh, two friends of mine to go. Like I, I just I, I promised to do like every chore that I could, you know, for the next six years just to be able to go to the show. And she finally caved and, you know, booked the hotel, booked the bus tickets, and we went. And then um, I, I, the first thing I bought, which is ironic because, again, it wasn't a movie I loved, but uh, the first thing I bought at the show was a Dawn of the Dead hoodie. And um, <laughs> and so I was wearing the hoodie, and this news crew was there interviewing people, and they saw me wearing the hoodie, and I heard the cameraman go, hey, get that guy. And uh, I was like, what? And then I turned around and they said, we wanted to ask you some questions about the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Would you mind answering a few questions? I said, sure, why not? And at that point, like, there wasn't much known about it other than the zombies were going to run and that it was written by the guy who wrote Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember doing the interview and just telling them, like, you know, I really don't think it's going to be as bad as people are suggesting it's going to be. You know, there's always room for new zombie movies. And this one sounds like it's just going to be great. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. So, you know, I saw it, um, yeah, I, and no, that would have been, yeah, that would have been, it, I don't think it came out that year, so, or would have been after It was 2004, 2004. Yeah, so that would have been 2004 then, rather, so I would, I would have been 16, because that was in January, and then I had just turned, I turned 17 when it came out on March, ni- uh, Mar- I turned March, March 16th is my birthday, and the movie came out on March 19th, and I had just turned 17, so... A friend of mine picked me up from school. It was it was an early release day. Eleven o'clock was the first showing. We got there, watched the movie, and immediately after, I was like, "I want to see that again." And he's like, "Yeah, we gotta go see it again." I said, "No, I mean right now." <laughs> and uh, and I bought another ticket. He's like, "Well, dude, I gotta go. Like, you're gonna, you know, I can't bring you home." And I said, "That's fine. It's a Friday night at the mall. I, I'm gonna know somebody here tonight. Don't worry about it. I'll just hang out at the mall after the second screening." So I watched the movie by myself, and then after that screening was done, I decided to hop onto the food court, get something to eat, and I ran into two friends who were just, you know, we were talking about it, and they were like, we really want to see it. And I said, well, I'll go see it again. And they said, didn't you just see it? I said, yeah, but I'll go see it again. I didn't tell them about the first <laughs> screening, so I saw it again, and then after we got out of that screening, everybody, because the mall was getting ready to close, so all the mall rats, all my friends, we'd all go to the movies afterwards and go pick any, you know, whatever movie would come out that weekend. And Dawn of the Dead was the movie that had come out. So I bought a ticket for the 10 o'clock showing. So I saw it four times in the theater in one day. How, how many did you end up seeing in total, though? In total, uh, for its theatrical run, I saw it 15 times. <laughs> Anytime anybody said they wanted to go see Dawn of the Dead, if I heard Dawn of the Dead in the same, you know, those words used in the same sentence, I was like, I'm there. Yep. You know, if they were within an earshot. Strangers, even like, oh, I'll go see it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, get away from me. Yeah, like, wait, what? Was there ever a point where the uh, somebody asked you, like, the ticket taker again? No, <laughs> well, no, because this is, I mean, this was back in 2004, but you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was people who hated their fucking job. And I also saw yeah. it in different theaters, it wasn't the same theater oh, okay. 15 times. So, uh, the same theater in, in one day at the mall and they never they didn't say a word like they were just like whatever we're selling tickets who cares um but i did have a friend <laughs> who worked at the theater that gave me the mylar for the movie that they hung in oh, the yeah. food court uh and it actually was the first poster i purchased um at a horror convention it was my first um 
I bought it from a vendor. Actually, I was there as a vendor with my brother's boss. He worked at the flea market. He was setting up a booth at this new convention called Rock and Shock. And the guy was setting up his booth, and I saw the Dawn of the Dead poster in, like, you know, in plastic and cardboard. And I was like, oh, how much is that? And he goes, oh, it's 15 bucks." I said, sold. And I just handed him $20. And uh, bought. it was the first purchase of that weekend. And it was. It, I, I'm actually looking at that poster right now. It's sitting right next to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I fucking love that movie. I really just, you know, and it is one of those remakes that takes the core storyline of people trapped in a mall with zombies and that's all it takes it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything else from the original it doesn't take any of the characters the themes realistically i mean you know as much as i love it i mean that movie could have taken place in a high school or in mm-hmm. an office building and the, the, the plot of the film wouldn't have changed at all uh, minus a couple of differences in what the characters do while they're there but overall the mall was kind of you know an unnecessary backdrop for the whole thing it didn't play into the story in a way that ma- the original did where it became yeah. their home yeah. Um, and they became kind of consumed with the place. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there's a point in the remake where the characters kind of decide, like, we need to get out of here. Right. Um, you know, this place, while it seemed appealing at first, we're running out of shit and, you know, there's not going to be a replenishment. And, you know, we're going to die here if we don't get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the original, they're forced out by the bikers. You know, there's no they weren't planning on going anywhere. You know, they were perfect. Well, not perfect. Well, they were but, they were starting to chafe it. They were beginning to realize something was up. But yeah, the bikers kind of pushed the issue. Well, uh, I, I, I think Fran was, but the other two definitely weren't. Like they were ready to stay. Like even Peter at the end, when everything's falling apart, is like, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. And Flyboy was definitely not willing to go anywhere. Oh, so. yeah, he no, he paid. Uh, he paid for that with his yeah, life. Yeah. So I mean, so you know, the remake really like everybody was kind of on the same page. Like, yeah, if we hang out here we're gonna die. Uh, and it also it introduced a really great role that I can. I can, I can, I can wholeheartedly say, you know, if the zombie apocalypse ever happens, I hope this is the rule they go by. The zombies had zero interest in the dog. Yeah. The dog was fine the entire movie. Nothing happened to him. He was never in any danger. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck yeah, a horror movie where I don't have to worry about the damn dog dying." Thank you. Was, that's refreshing. Yeah. I don't know. I disagree. I just really kill the dog. Oh, kill the cat. oh Peter, you're an awful human being. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hope yep. send your complaints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter um. Well, best thing: kill the dog, kill the kid, and kill they the cat. They killed the baby, a zombie so, baby. They yeah. killed the zombie well, baby. Well, no, the born he was born dead, so that's fine. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the, the, that remake was 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 fantastic. Uh, now. The, <laughs> now, you know, see, we all have differences of opinions on remakes to uh, some degree, but I like the fact that I think the next one coming up, no. we all share a very common opinion on. Yeah, and this one we're only bringing yes. up because we all disliked it so much. Uh, is the fog? Oh, Kevin, <laughs> what do you say about that? Fuck that movie. <laughs> I agree. Fuck yeah. that movie right up its ass. Yeah. Fuck uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that movie much, much later. It was it was actually within the last, like, I think the last like five years. You know what I think? I actually, I was thinking about this. I think I watched it um, during COVID because I was like, well, I've got the time. <laughs> We're in lockdown, you know, and I hadn't seen yeah. it. And I remember thinking it, it couldn't be as bad as everybody said it was. Because, you know, oh, every yeah. well, 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 almost every remake mm. comes with this, you know, this this wide group of people who just hate it because it exists. 
And I kind of felt like this might be the case with the Fog remake. And I'm midway through the movie, and I'm just like, as a matter of fact, I think they downplayed how bad this is. This might even be worse uh, than they said, because this is just, this is awful. It's bad. It's real bad. The movie give you COVID? I mean, I I got COVID in January of this year, and it was it was far more enjoyable than the Fog remake was. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, The Fog gave you COVID. Yeah. Two years later. That's the official story. Mm -hmm. Peter, did you see that piece of shit in the theater? Oh, you spent money on it because the Fog. I I knew it was gonna be bad. I, I I could just tell. It just had that soulless feeling of like a theme park ride like I, the ending it reminded me of when all the ghosts come out yeah. of the haunted mansion oh, ride. yeah i mean i right. love the haunted mansion ride. that's but not what you that. want to be reminded of oh. in that no. point in the movie. Not, not in the fog no, no. And, no then, and i remember no. yeah, i remember seeing that in the theater too i went with someone because they wanted to go and i'm like oh christ yeah yeah but it's one of those films and we've all had this experience where you're watching it and you astral project out of your body <laughs> and go wandering around the lobby looking like Oh, that's a cool poster. Yeah. Hey, I like oh Juju bees mm-hmm. are on sale. That's nice. <laughs> and then before you know it, an hour has passed and you've missed that one. I was just like, "Fuck this!" And my soul just went <laughs> and left. It that that one was like, this isn't even a movie. Mm-hmm. This is like a loose collection of outtakes that somehow got yeah. strapped together. Yeah, it was it was it, oh man. On this list, it's the worst by yeah. far. Yeah, and yeah. and you know honestly, it's there was a. The other thing I kind of took into consideration, too, was a lot of people saw, like, the PG-13 version of the movie, and I watched the unrated mm-hmm. version. Who uh, cares? Well, no, because there was a movie yeah, released it wasn't with uh, Milly Yelovich <laughs> called Ultraviolet, where the PG-13 oh, yeah, yeah. version of the movie, mm-hmm. there's no story. They removed oh, no. the story, and in the unrated version, the story's in the movie. So I thought, this might be one of those cases where the unrated nope. version is better. No. Uh, the only thing I want to give the Fog <laughs> remake credit for, and the only thing I think it did right, um, not necessarily better than the original, uh, but made more sense to me was when all the shit starts to go down. Uh, the DJ, um, I don't remember if her name's still Stevie, Stevie Wayne or not. Stevie Is it still Stevie Wayne? Stevie Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically yeah. says, mm-hmm. "Guys, I gotta go. My kid's in trouble." In in yeah. the original, her staying behind, I'm like, what mother would realistically mm. be like, you yeah. know what, I'm going to put the fate of my child yeah. in the hands of complete strangers. You know what I mean? And just hope mm. that everything's going to be okay by the time I get out of here. Because I have, I, I have a duty to mm-hmm. let the people of this town know yeah, where the yeah, fog yeah. is at all times. Fuck my kid. Like That's what that felt like. Like I was like, yeah. really? Yeah. I, but that was only after seeing the remake that I was like, oh yeah, she probably should have gone after yeah. him. But The fog remake yeah. gets one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, the weird thing about the fog remake, though, is, and this yeah. is moving on to the next thing, the Fog remake, as bad as it is, left an impression on me. I'll give it that. You know, I'll never forget seeing that pile of crap or remembering most of it anyway. <laughs> uh, the next one that came up after that, I recall, was honestly one I was kind of looking forward to because I didn't like the original very much. It was the Amityville Horror. Yeah. I, I didn't like the original with Margot Kidder and James Brolin. I thought it was kind of generic and didn't hold up. For, whereas, like, for example... Out of that whole series, Amityville 2, The Possession. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, a twi- it's a twisted, weird, fucked up little masterpiece. And I just I just dearly love Amityville 2, The Possession. But the original, not really. So when they re- announced they were remaking Amityville Horror, I'm like, all right. I'm actually game for this because maybe we'll do something different with it. Mm-hmm. I know I saw it. I have a ticket mm-hmm. stub for it here somewhere in my in my desk drawer. I know I do. 
I don't remember one fucking thing about that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I've been sitting here racking my brains <laughs> trying to finish it. Well, there was a the, um, Ryan Reynolds. I think there was a dog in it. <laughs> what, was there a yeah. dog? I don't remember the was dog. There? I don't remember. I, I, oh, oh, that's, that's right. He kills the dog with the axe. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I just I don't remember anything about the Amityville Horror remake at all. Which I don't know if that's a, if that's like a testament to how ad, only forgettable it was, or what. Did something really bad happen in it that I forget? I think it's just forgettable. Yeah. So that's I was just one of many. Yeah, but I like I don't remember that one. I don't mm. remember prom night. I don't remember the stepfather. I don't remember. There's like three or four of them that just kind of came through, and it's just like, did I see it? Yes, I did. Why did I see it? When did I see it? What happened during it? I don't know. You know, the Hitcher. All these. It was such a wave oh. that it was so hard to keep track. And I went and saw most of these things because I'm a fucking idiot, and I just would walk out of there going, "What did I just spend twenty dollars on?" I remember the popcorn more than I did the fucking movie. So, but yeah, really, at the end of the day, Amityville is just one of several that came out around that time that I have zero memory of, and it's the one I always go to when I want to just point out how many of these utterly forgettable remakes came out during the mid-aughts. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I think after five minutes it was over, I didn't remember anything of it. Yeah, what is it? How does it do that? (laughs) How did this happen? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I, uh, I almost rewatched it for the show because I was like, I kind of want to have it fresh in my memory, but I was like, I don't know if that's going to do any good. Yeah. Like, I don't might, think it'll still, stick. Yeah, yeah, I might still forget about it. But um, but anyway, moving on to the uh, uh, to the next one uh, that came out in 2006, which is um, Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, which is an. It, <laughs> which one yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah. Is 2006, yeah. well this is 2006 one so I was going to say that is this is a weird one because it was actually remade twice um, which doesn't happen very often no. Uh, no. so it was it was an interesting well. appro- it was interesting to, to see this happen but we're going to talk about the 2006 one first because that's the one that's worth talking about really uh, you know the original Black Christmas in my opinion is one of the best horror films ever made period and to me it outshines Halloween uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a much more effective you know, horror film than Halloween is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's much more moody. It's 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 dark. It's depressing. Uh, it it really just is kind of a hard movie to sit through in a lot of ways. But it, it's not something that's like graphically hard to sit through. It's just like this movie is so dread filled that kind of puts you in just kind of you know a negative headspace when it's over, which is what a really excellent horror film should do realistically, right? Uh, so this remake is none of those things. This remake was a uh, overly bright, very loud, very silly, gory, like pseudo eighties slasher. Uh, and I, I gotta say, I loved every second of it. You know, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> Me it's ridiculous. It's so stupid and silly, but you know, in my mind, I was like, if this movie came out in 1985 or 84, and this was called something else, you know, this would have been like this would have been a franchise. We would have had eight of these, um, you know, at minimum. You know, Billy would have been a household name killer, just like Freddie and Jason and Chucky and Michael. And uh, but it came out in two thousand six, where you know I don't think it really had a, had a shot at that happening. But uh, yeah, it's just I watch it every Christmas, every every Christmas Eve when I'm wrapping Christmas presents. It's the movie I put on to wrap Christmas presents because it just oozes the holiday. Yeah, that's fun. Hmm. I always go back to the scene, the, the, the flesh cookies. Y'all remember that? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. I still like the uh, the orderly. It tastes like chicken because mm. it's chicken. Mm. It's the closest we can get to how mom used to taste. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the hard thing about that movie is, you know, obviously it got fucked over by the Weinsteins, especially Bob Weinstein. Mm. So I'd love to see... Glenn Morgan, the director, right, director's original vision for it because, you know, there was some reshoots. They had to restructure the the whole beginning. So now you know who the killers are right away. Um, so to yeah. see his original version and the, with the original ending, I so it's hard for me. Like, I can enjoy it for what it is, but every time I see it, I feel like, man, there's probably lost potential here. There's probably a version of this that's much better. So it's hard to... Yeah, you know, yeah, I um, would agree with that, too, because th- there is a... Um, the original film is in order the original cut of the movie the original script uh was in order there were no flashbacks it was all told in real time uh so uh you know the movie opens with somebody being killed so you obviously know from the very beginning it's not billy doing the killing because we see billy escape later in the film Mm -hmm. Uh, but the film was told that scene with billy escaping happened you know like in the middle of the movie uh, it was after he killed his mother. Like that whole sequence was done was in the in the middle of the film, and then he escapes and goes to the sorority house. And I uh, I actually talked to uh, a friend of mine in New York who saw the original cut of the film. It was an early screening, one of those test screenings to see how it played. And one of the biggest complaints that the audience had was that the movie took too long to get to the sorority house. Uh, it was you know a good forty five minutes. It was kind of like the you know the Rob Zombie Halloween movie where it was a prequel first, then a remake. Uh, and then they uh, so they, they obviously recut it to you know pick up the pacing and get it there quicker, and then uh, the other thing that he said was to him was 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 bad was that all the actresses kind of looked alike they were all you know uh, brunettes and there was one blonde girl and the rest of them all the same colored hair and kind of looked the same so it was very confusing to him to kind of figure out who was who most of the time because he just couldn't tell them apart and uh, I was like yeah there really was no diversity in that cast it was they were they were all. They were all pretty cut and paste, um, which is a kind of a, in general, an ensemble film. You kind of want to have some visual differences between characters to kind of help the audience uh, tell them apart, you know, visually. Um, so, yeah, so, but I still, as bad as it is, and it is bad, don't get me wrong, I mean, it, but it's so fun. And I just, I have such a great <laughs> time with it. And uh, But you liked the Blumhouse one even more, didn't you? <laughs> I can't. I, I, I cannot say the same <laughs> about the 2019 travesty that uh, I really think. Look at him. I, I really think brought COVID on. Honestly, <laughs> I won't ever forget the night he went and saw it. Oh God! Oh man! Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, th- that so that was purely by accident. So I was, I was, I was, I used to drive for Lyft. And I was driving around, and it was kind of a slow night, and I was in the area where a friend of mine lived, and I was talking to her on the phone because I wasn't really getting anything. So I kind of, you know, I'd get into a mode where I'm like, I'm not really getting any rides. I turn, I turn the thing off and kind of wait a little bit and just drive around. And, um, and she, uh, her and I were talking, and she was at home not really doing anything. And so I just, I drove into her driveway, and she always leaves her front door unlocked when she's home because she's home. So, and I just walked in the front door, and she's just going, "Why do you sound like you're getting louder?" And then she turns around, and there I am, and I was like, "Oh, hi." Uh, so we were, we we really weren't planning on hanging out, and I said, "You know, why don't we just go see Black Christmas? Let's go see it because we both love the original. We both like the re- the 2006 remake." So, like, we saw the trailer, we were like, mm, "No, it doesn't really look like something we want to see." But we always have 
this mindset of like, let's give it this thing a shot. Maybe the trailer was just bad. Maybe whoever cut it together just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, we don't try to judge movies based off a of trailer. So we're going to go see it. We're going to be good horror fans and we're going to go see this movie. And, um, we get to the theater and we're the only two in the theater. I mean, the, the entire theater from <laughs> beginning to end was just the two of us. And this is like a week or two after it came out. So this is, you know, you expect to see at least one other person. I mean, fucking Cats had an audience at that point. And, you know, <laughs> Black Christmas had nobody. So we, we, we're we sitting in the movie and the first five minutes happen and we see the worst fake snow we've ever seen committed to any type of media uh, it was just, it looked like sand. I'm like, this is, that's not snow. Snow doesn't do that. These people never, <laughs> these, have never seen snow before. And I just kept thinking, well, it's got to get better from here. There has to be a, you know, it, it, it's only going to go up. Maybe this is the low point, you know, open, open shitty and build up to a better movie, you know? And uh, th 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 that just never happened. We never got to that point where I was like, yep, this is getting better. Uh, as a matter of fact, about five minutes before the movie ended, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a stickler for this. I don't, I don't touch my phone in a movie theater, but I took it out and I went to go open it up and she whacks it out of my hand and she goes, no, we're in this together. If I got to suffer through this fucking thing, so do you. And I'm like, oh, so it's war now. Like that's so like, we're like, you know, we have to, I'm like, it's not going to get any better. This is just, this is what it is. It's, it's terrible. Uh, no, you're, we're watching this. No, no, no. You put your phone away. So I was like, all right, fine, fuck it. So, then we watched it. It was over, and I was, you know, and, and when I get pissed off, um, I when I'm driving, I speed. I go very fast when I'm, I'm angry. And uh, she lived about 35 minutes from the theater. I got her home in 15. Um, that's how fast I was going. And then we stopped at a Taco Bell before I brought her home. And I proceeded to go off on the guy in the drive-thru about how bad the remake of Black Christmas was. And uh, this poor kid was terrified. I think he, at one point he was, like, getting ready to call the police. I ordered food while I was ranting, but I just kept, like, in the middle of ordering everything. I was like, and by the way, if anyone suggests to go see it, they're not your friend. Don't talk to them anymore. And he's like, and what would you like to drink, sir? Baja yeah. Blast. And, you know, and you know, it was just... And, uh, and you know, we got to her house, and I just I, I went on and on and on, and it, it just it, it really pissed me off. I only saw it the one time, and I remember a lot about it. And you know what they say, like, traumatic events make an imprint, <laughs> imprint in your brain? Uh, that's what I equate the remake of a 2019 remake of Black Christmas as a traumatic event that's going to be cemented in my brain for the rest of my life, and um, I never need to see it again. So you didn't like it? <laughs> You know. mm. He threatened my life if I ever watched it. I did. Yeah, I can't. I can't chime in because I didn't see. I wasn't interested in the I, slightest. So. I, I'm. A little, I, I like the first. I didn't say I liked, but I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the movie for. The, I think the same reasons other people did. I didn't mind that they, the supposed wokeness of it. I just felt like I don't want to get spoilers, but it made this weird supernatural shift halfway through. That <laughs> just. I mean, it Spoiler. just goes off the rails to something completely. <laughs> Spoiler movie, Peter. Just spoil it. Don't remember that. I don't remember how. So, right, Gibbs. Like, it's a cult of men that want yeah, to bring men. back. Like they have this black ooze that comes out of a yeah, statue that's like supposed to represent it's, toxic masculinity, uh, and it. Uh, they they recruit other men by mm -hmm. making them drink this ooze, and it turns them into these, you know, bros. Wait. Because the first half was was yeah it was I've quieter. seen the original Black Christmas. I don't remember that scene. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't yeah. there. Uh, no. and, and, <laughs> and you know, it, and then the other thing about it too, 
I didn't mind the wokeness of it because I consider myself in some ways to be a bit of a feminist. That you know, I mean, I you know, I, I don't take the title yeah. fully because I'm not female, but like I am a hundred percent in support of women um, being in control of their bodies and not having men telling them what they should and shouldn't do. Um, I'm also in support of equal treatment of women. So there you go. Uh, but this movie, like it beat you over the head to the point where you hated the message it was trying to convey. Like you were just mm-hmm. like, we get it. Men suck. Move on. Like there was not a single <laughs> male character in the entire film that was redeemable. Well, well, that didn't bother me. I mean, I'm fine. It's just, it got so It got so silly, ridiculous. And it also just, it felt like yeah. it just, it, it didn't have anything else to say. That's all yeah. it was trying yeah. to say was men suck. And I'm like, the original Black Christmas is, is, a, fem, is a bit of a feminist movie with a character mm-hmm. making a decision of I'm getting an abortion and I really don't care what you think mm-hmm. about it because I, I don't want this baby. I don't want to change my life because we did something that wasn't planned. Uh, and that was made in the 70s. We're like, you didn't talk about that shit on, on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, you barely talked about it in person. Uh, so, you know, that movie really kind of gave us a character, you know, who was like, I'm exercising my right to choose. And this movie is just like, you're a man, you're awful. End of story. No, like, it was just, oh, God, I can't. Okay, I, I think, Chris, Chris. Now the weird fight scenes Chris, at the I think end. we need to yeah, move past I am Christmas because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna I'm, you're gonna self destruct. Yeah, I'm meltdown. No, I'm you're... going. It's it's like going back to Nam. <laughs> you know, like I just. Yes, and I'm sure I'm PTSD? sure the Vietnam veterans PTSD? listening are like, yeah, seeing a movie just like Vietnam. I mean, they're they're gonna, if they watch the remake of Black Christmas, they might agree. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, anyway, so that that was you know, that's that. So, uh, but we have to go back a little bit because you know Black Christmas came out in 06 and so did another remake that I actually really liked, um, which was the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, that was one of those remakes that I thought took the original story, characters, and concept and added its own plot elements to it, but also kept the core story the same. Uh, it made it far more vicious and you know gross. Uh, harder in a lot of ways, you know, just very, um, there's a lot of really cruel scenes in that film. Uh, and I, I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. It was brutal. The, the sure fire sign of quality to me in a horror film, or at least one like this is when you have audience members leaving the theater because it's too much for them. I think the- that, yeah, that one was kind of hard-edged. and Yeah. I, this is one of those rare situations where I thought they did enough different that was nice. I like the idea of the car graveyard and the crater and the sand and uh, some of the changing of the family, but they didn't do enough. I wish they had gone further and made the family less idiotic in this one, and <laughs> there were just too many moments where I'm sitting there going, oh, come on. And some of the cruelty I found to be just excessive and, and just really distractingly unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like it very much. I mean, uh, visually, I thought it was very well done. Uh, the effects on the character designs, and, you know, the makeup, all very well done. But, excuse me, um, at the end of the day, I just didn't, I didn't get very much out of that movie uh, as much as I was hoping I would. That one was sort of a disappointment to me. But I understand why some people like it, and it didn't offend me uh, yeah. very much because... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, there had already been a sequel to The Hills of Eyes, and I'm not wasn't objected to a remake, and Wes Craven was involved in this one. In fact, mm-hmm. it's an oddity. This is another one where it's a remake that had a sequel, 
and Wes Craven produced the remake of his original film. Now, he also produced and co-wrote the sequel to his remake, which he produced, but he did not write. But the sequel to his remake is not a remake of the original sequel he did to his original film, which he wrote and directed, and the sequel, which he wrote and directed. But the sequel to the remake is just one he co-wrote but did not direct, but is actually a remake sequel to the first film, but not the second one that he did later on. So at the end of the day, what I just said is, I have no fucking idea. I think if you uh, we, we took what you said and slowed it down about half, we could probably get some sense out of it. No, I doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. I, really, I doubt it. No. Really sure. Sound like no. it was broken. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I run out. That's, that's, I, I'm going to go recover from that. You talk. No. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with Rich. It got a little too it kind of wild in its own brutality a little bit too much, but I thought it was really well made. I liked a lot of it. I didn't like the ending too much. I, I prefer Craven's original ending. The, you know, his idea was has always been to sort of contrast like the supposedly normal family with the supposedly barbaric family, and then at the end they kind of switch places. Um, and this one seemed more to be like kind of a a thing like you know you're not a real man unless you use violence. It just seemed to to uh, sort of pander to to that kind of instinct a little too much for me. But um, I didn't hate it. I actually prefer the R-rated version because it tones it down a little yeah. bit. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, it's not toned yeah, down by much though. Because I remember seeing the M-rated version, yeah, being like, not, "Okay, so there's a couple yeah. seconds here, a couple seconds there." Yeah, I was actually genuinely shocked pretty. with how much they got away with, because I really thought there was going to be more. It was, it was. Yeah, very, they did. I was stunned too. That was yeah. one of the ones where I was just like, "Although yeah. oh, yeah. just let anything yeah. through now." Oh, wow, this is like, yeah, yeah. this is this yeah. in 1989 yeah. again. The violence yeah. is about the only yeah. thing I remember in it. I remember liking it when I watched it, but it's mm-hmm. it's just like the Amityville Horror, the remake. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been so long, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of I can't remember it. Yeah, so I, I, but I remembered I remember the violence. I remember, I remember it very well. <laughs> it actually, I think it, it did. It came out in March, right, of yeah. 2006. It was early. It was early. I remember year, seeing yeah. that one for my birthday too. Not four times, but I did see it um, on, my, <laughs> on my birthday uh, with some friends. And my friend uh, at the time, Stephanie, um, got up and left. She just said, this is too much. I can't I can't watch this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I think that's a mm-hmm. reflection of the time, too, when it came out also. I mean, you have to remember, like, this isn't knee-deep into Saw. This is also hostile territory. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of producers mm-hmm. and filmmakers out there that were really trying to get to that next level of, like, okay, how far can we push this mm-hmm. and how violent can we make this? Yeah, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, right yeah. How, you know, and how, how, how yeah. you know, grotesque can we make it? So it is a reflection of that time period, yeah. you know, that, that era of filmmaking, of those ty- of horror um, so I don't fault the Hills Have Eyes for, you know, kind of doing what, you know, other filmmakers were doing at the time, too. Um, you know, I, uh, I I did. I really I really enjoyed that remake. I didn't like the sequel so much. And um, no. it was really. No. Um, I turned it off. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> there is a there is a funny little anecdote, though. about No, that, no, there? there is. So the sequel, <laughs> there was a theater. I think it was in New York where um this movie it was supposed to be a kids movie playing and i wish i could remember what it was, it was probably like over the hedge or something i think it was i think it was up no it I wasn't it was up, no up. it wasn't i don't know if it was up but it was it was 2009 it could have been it could up. have been up but, but in any case and anyway it, it was supposed to be a kids movie so it was a you know a pretty packed theater full of moms and kids and whatnot and uh the theater accidentally played the hills have eyes too and uh, that movie opens with a woman giving birth <laughs> to one of the mutants. And it's a very graphic, very violent scene because it's not a very pleasant birth. She doesn't survive it. So all I can picture are all of these moms grabbing their children, running for the exits in de- for dear life, 
while these kids are either screaming in terror or looking at the screen in glee at the horror that's happening and not wanting to leave to see what's going to happen next. But uh, I would have been one of those kids. Yeah, out of the 50 or so kids who are like, ah, there's going to be at least four of them there going, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> this movie found yeah, a see. button. <laughs> I know none of that Woody and Buzz Lightyear bullshit this morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're watching this. Uh, mm-hmm. And since we, uh, yeah, so I, I, I uh, yeah, Hills Have Eyes remake I thought was one of the better ones. And uh, I mean, since we brought it up, we didn't have it uh, as something, to, but we brought it up. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna weigh in on the remakes of Day of the Dead because there are two of them. Um, okay, I'm giving you 60 seconds to talk about those piles of shit. No, this yeah. is uh, this is yes. gonna be quick. I'm not even gonna go make it the nuts. Okay, good. The original 2007 one as a remake sucks balls. As a direct-to-video zombie flick, not that bad. It actually kind of works as a just a you know generic direct-to-video zombie movie. It, it works on that level. The second remake had a handful of really good ideas, and they got a really great actor to play portray the sort of Bub-esque zombie, and then, unfortunately, there's a pile of shit around the rest of the movie. Uh, so it ends up just being painfully mediocre at the end of the day because there's, there's, some, there's some sprinkles of, like, good stuff. And then it's just, it's like putting, you know, chocolate sprinkles on a pile of shit. There's something good there, but overall, just, it's not, yeah, it just didn't work. Uh, And I really, really fucking hope that somebody someday finds a way to remake that movie and does it properly. uh, Because it it deserves it. And what's really disappointing is after Dawn of the Dead was a big success... There were rumors that the remake of Day of the Dead was going to be next, and it was going to be the survivors from Dawn, from the remake of Dawn, ending up on that island and finding, like, two of them survived the zombie attack because they're rescued by soldiers who are living in an underground bunker with scientists Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's making the zombies tick. And it never happened. I remember reading about it going, oh, my God, that's so cool. They're finally Mm going to connect those movies and make them actual sequels. That's going to be great. And then 2007, Steve Miner, Small Town, Nick Cannon... Mira Savino playing a soldier. It's just I'm just like what zombies on the ceiling? What the fuck? Zombies on the (laughs) ceiling. Anyway, but that's my uh, so. Oh, what a feeding! So the uh, the first remake again as a direct video zombie flick, pretty serviceable. But the second one is just even with that in play, it's just. it just it unfortunately doesn't work as well as it mm. could have because uh, I I will I will deliver an even more concise summary of these. They're crap. Fuck them. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not that passionate about hating them, which is <laughs> which is ironic because. Oh, I'm not that passionate at all. Did you hear passionate in my voice? They're crap. Fuck them. Mm. There you go. So moving on. Moving on to uh, <clears throat> one that isn't polarizing at all. No. This, you know, whenever this one comes up, it, there's never. You know, there's never... One of the most universally well-received horror remakes of all time. absolutely. And we're actually going to... So this one is one we're not going to delve too deep into because uh, we are planning on discussing it more in-depth in the future. Uh, But we will... We we, we would be crazy not to mention this on a show about remakes. So um, that's Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, It came out in 2007. Uh, Acts as sort of a prequel slash remake. And... uh, I'll just leave it with overall I enjoy it. I'm not but I'm also not the biggest fan of the original Halloween franchise. Um, 
and I will say that out of his <laughs> two Halloween films, I do prefer the sequel over the original. Uh, I will simply say that I also agree that Halloween 2 is my favorite of the two he did because it's a wacky, weird, wild, fucked up, what the hell kind of crap is this movie? <laughs> and I always prefer that. Uh, the problem I have with the original Halloween or his Rob Zombie's Halloween is that the first part of the picture is a Rob Zombie film that's not really related to Michael Myers at all, which I was actually enjoying. And then it was like he suddenly realized halfway through, oh, shit, I forgot to remake Halloween. That's why we're here. And then we get this weird Reader's Digest condensed version of the original film. Yeah. I He clearly did not want to be playing in John Carpenter's sandbox. Yeah. It just is mm-hmm. very obvious. Yeah. And I don't think he should have been. And at the end of the day, you ended up with a film that was neither here nor there. And if you're going to be Rob Zombie, be Rob Zombie. Don't try to force someone else's aesthetic on to your thing. It just... It doesn't. It didn't work for well, me. Well, in fairness, and I'm I, again, I'll let Peter and Kevin on this, but that was a Weinstein's decision. His original concept yeah. was yeah. to do a sort of prequel uh, character study on Michael Myers as a young child, and they said, "You've got the first half of the movie to do that. The rest of it has to be a remake." And it shows. And it, it, it shows. Does. That it but if you watch his director's cut, though, it yeah. is fleshed out better. The first. It is better. The, the, it they're is, both it equal better, parts. The first half, I think, is like an hour and change, and the second part is an hour. So it doesn't the second part doesn't feel it feels more like a complete film the only thing about his director's cut i don't like is the way michael escapes i think that was better in the theatrical version but we'll again we'll get into that uh, on a later date so Hmm. (sighs) i'll save you know a lot of my feelings for when we talk about this (laughs) but um I, i i it just baffles me when a filmmaker remakes a movie and they don't seem to like anything about the original. Because everything I've read, and this is coming from Rob Zombie himself, like he's, he's even said, he's like, I would never write characters like John Carpenter wrote, aside from Michael Myers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just strange to me that he doesn't seem to even really like the film he's remaking. I just, so I find it very bizarre. It's just his sensibility. I mean, whatever you think of Rob Zombie, I mean, he's very, I know it's that Southern, yeah, Gothic. I don't know how you would describe yeah. him. Yeah, Carpenter is very es- more European, more esoteric. Um, the whole idea of Michael Myers for John Carpenter is that you don't know who he is. He's sort of mythic and blank, and you don't fill in, you know, his backstory. And Rob Zombie's is complete opposite. So again, it's like everything's. I'm just not sure what Rob Zombie likes about the original Halloween based on his remake. So I, it just I, that's my nice version. <laughs> well done, <I'd> sir. <laughs> it, it was a weird movie for me because I enjoyed the idea yeah. of the first half. In, in the institution but it also ruins the second half because he tries to give it a reason when it's much better without a reason mm-hmm. so i'm like eh. mm-hmm. well so here i don't know what to think here's yeah. an interesting theory that i read um and again i don't want to go too in depth in this one because we will discuss it later but uh there was an mm-hmm. article that was written about because that's where a lot of people stand on the remake of halloween is he didn't like that Rob Zombie gave Michael Myers a motive, essentially, becoming an evil person because of his upbringing. But um, it, someone had said that you know, in the opening of Halloween, um, he's, rec- he's just killed his pet rat that he actually loves. And so there's this implication that despite, it doesn't matter how this kid was going to be brought up, he was going to turn out this way no matter what. Uh, because he's actually, when he goes into kill mode, he blacks out. He doesn't even realize that he's done it. Like, and he, it's, it's sort of like that. Uh, it's not, you know, probably not same. And in, in, it wasn't. I don't know if something he was tapping into, but you know, in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, when Henry's explaining to the, you know, the girl how he killed his mother, and she questions it, like, oh, I thought you. I think he says, like, I strangled. She goes, oh, I thought you. No, I, he says he shot her. 
I thought you strangled him. And he goes, oh, yeah, I, I, sh I shot her. Uh, it's almost like he doesn't even remember how he did it because he blacked out when he did it or presumably mm -hmm. just killed so many people he's lost track. But, uh, I, you know, and for me, I took I looked at it from a different angle where, you know, that version of Michael Myers is that weird kid that lives down the street that nobody pays much mind to. Um, that one day goes into a school and shoots the place up, and for that for that generation, that's more terrifying than the kid that one day just snaps and all of a sudden doesn't ever speak a word again and becomes evil. Um, this is the this is the abnormal kid that everybody doesn't pay mind to, and the ones that do are awful to him, and the mother that overlooks the obvious problem. And I yeah I I, I, I like that idea I like the idea but I, again, I, get I just that. wish. It hadn't been glommed onto the Halloween concept. Yeah, well, I it's, it's, it's a, well, no, it's a modern it's take on the story. So if you're going to modernize it, you're going to, you know, you have to incorporate elements from what exists now into making it, yeah. you know, but relevant. We can. We, we, we will. We'll go into uh, it later. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so the next yeah, one, yeah, we'll we, we'll we discussed on. this yeah. one. Uh, we did a Friday the Thirteenth show. We, we we pretty much discussed it, you know, much more in depth than we will here. So, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine sucked that's that's my what i what i said about the texas chainsaw massacre remake kind of goes for this same guy same approach hey it's a property let's property that property until it's property property right. property um there was no attempt to really elevate it in any way or even do something that was down and dirty and fun like the other sequels uh it just wasted a lot of opportunities and uh, for as slick as it was and as good as Derek Mears was in the role of uh, uh, Live Jason, which we hadn't gotten to see in a while, um, and a couple good gags in here, but it was just like, I just sat there going, if this isn't any more entertaining than any of the films we've gotten so far, why did you even bother to show up to do this? And uh, I, I just, and uh, at the end of the day, all I'll say is, this is the level of dialogue we're talking about with this movie. Your breasts are stupendous. <laughs> Perfect nipple placement. <laughs> I checked out after that, yeah. so yeah, I checked no out thanks. well before that. But yeah. Peter, yeah, you know, it's just it's tough. I don't know. It's really hard to analyze that one, but I feel like maybe they tried to to, to do too many things by remaking mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. the first four movies. You know, you have two final girls, then you have the Jared Padalecki character who's avenging, trying to find his sister. Um, basically, the whole first movie is a prologue before the credits with Mrs. Voorhees. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I remember seeing the original part two when that came out. I mean, the big appeal of that Jason wasn't yeah. a thing yet. Like the first one, there was no Jason. There was no Jason movie. It was all about the creative deaths. And that was like so exciting, you know. And now we've seen so many people murdered that for the remake, it's like, you know, killing people off in unusual ways isn't the, there's no. Yeah. It's just people being murdered. So there, there was. I'm not sure what the reason is to remake. It's that's a tough movie, I think, to remake yeah, yeah. Friday the 13th at this point. Um, yeah, because it's so. We've basic sent the and, fucker and, into and space. For right, that right. At that point, yeah. <laughs> at that point, you know. Uh, yeah, but that know. same year, a, a much better remake came out. I think is my bloody Valentine. Oh, I love oh, yeah. my bloody Valentine. Had a blast. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's yeah. how you do Super it right. Fun. If you're yeah. gonna do a slasher remake, mm -hmm. embrace what that thing is, and then just go fucking crazy with it, mm -hmm. and throw some good old th school 3D crap yeah. in there. Cast Tom mm -hmm. Atkins. You're done. Yeah, you've yep. done your job. The, so, you know. the only thing about the remake that I wish they didn't do is the twist at the end. I would because yeah, I uh, yeah, no, that was a bit. But honestly, yeah. I, I feel like that's uh, yeah, what stopped the cheats. original from kinda becoming cheats. a franchise is because they had instead of it being Harry Warden, it was this 
you know, it was it was uh, as Axel in the original that goes Axel. So, so it didn't, it was like yeah. it was a Axel's last minute it. fake out. It just you know, it's kind of like April Fool's Day. Like it just it, it pissed more people off than it did like mm-hmm. you know anything mm-hmm. else. And I think if they had left Harry Warden as Harry Warden, we would have gotten a My Bloody Valentine five or six too. of these. Yeah, um, because yeah. you know that's yeah. what people still they yeah. look at the minor and they still see Harry Warden. So in this remake. The, the good, mm-hmm. the, the twist that no one, if you were familiar with the original, might have seen coming is, oh, Harry Warden's actually back. This is him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, right. and I, mm-hmm. but instead they flip the characters so it's not, you know, the the boyfriend that comes back. It's, you know, um, it's not, excuse me, it's not the, um, mm-hmm. it's not the, the husband. It's the boyfriend that comes back in the original. It was flipped. Uh, and, you know, I really wish they hadn't done it. I, that was the only thing about this remake. I was like, God damn it, guys, you fucked it up again. And I know they talked no, about a sequel. That was necessary. And they, it made money, and they talked about making a sequel. Oh, yeah, it did it very just, well, actually. Yeah. It just never materialized. Yeah, so, okay. uh, it, it never quite happened. And yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I still remember going to see that movie after Friday the 13th, because I wasn't a oh. big fan of the original My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. and I just kept thinking to myself, they can only mm-hmm. go up from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I, and they did. Uh, and they did, and, uh, in a big yeah. way, too. Like I still yeah. remember the scene where the, mm-hmm. the guy, uh, Todd Farmer, actually, he's leaving the, the girl in the hotel, and she's like, you know, running across the parking lot. That's a naked. great scene. Mm-hmm. And, then, really he, good, and yeah. then she throws the yeah. gun at him, or whatever it is, and he just opens the door, and a pickaxe just comes right down in his head. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that whole sequence in the, the mm-hmm. hotel where, you know, the woman running the hotel is coming in, and, and she's under the bed, and He's trying to get the pickaxe through the grates yeah. in the bed. It was a great sequence, and it, 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 you know, there was a lot of good chase scenes, and and you know, I, I like that one a lot. I really it did. was mm-hmm. it was fun. Super yeah, fun. wasn't that one of the first yeah. movies that set off three D yeah. phase? Yeah, well, Avatar it was, was yeah. that year it was too. Was one of the first it? shot, but that was like old 3D. school three D, like throw yeah. shit mm-hmm. in your face. And, yeah, you know, yeah. like have a jawbone mm-hmm. coming out your head and pickaxe. You know. There's lots of pickaxes flying mm-hmm. at you in that movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's how you do a remake. No yo-yo. Take an idea that was good, Agreed. and they just didn't come through with it. Yeah, that's Take true. Take an idea, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, Because they also they had yeah. that uh, the opening of yeah. the remake is kind of the plot of the original. The kids off having a party in the mine, um, and they're mm-hmm. kids, they're teenagers mm-hmm. in, the, in the opening, and then they come back and they're adults. Because yeah. that was one of the things we talked about before with the original adults. that really never mm-hmm. made sense to me is these are adults wanting to party <laughs> at work. Because they can't yeah. do this kind of stuff at home, you know. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like so. That was one of those. Movies <laughs> yeah. that felt like it was written. They were supposed to be teenagers, and they just realized none of these people look like teenagers. So we're right. just going to yeah. make them blue collar people, and they're all going to be in their thirties. Yeah. And how many thirty-year-olds get that get that butt hurt over a Valentine's Day? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. 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 But yeah. in um in any case. Uh, uh, there was one more from 2009 I wanted to mention that we uh, we didn't have on our list, but we were, I was reminded of it when we were talking about The Hills Have Eyes. Last House on the Left, which yeah. I actually am not mm. a fan of the original film at all. I think it's very crudely made, and I didn't get the point of it. And there's some really odd, stupid humor that sabotages the tone of that film from time to time. And it was one of those movies where I just was like, I couldn't... I understand what the point of this movie is, and I get the power that it has, but I just, for me, it's the craft needed to be better. And I felt in almost every single way the remake was better. I thought the casting was better. Mm -hmm. I thought the tone was sustained. Uh, Aaron Paul's in that as the sort of conflicted member of the group instead of pre-Breaking Breaking Bad role. Everyone in that movie is really strong. The problem with that movie is, (laughs) much like uh, My Bloody Valentine, it just shoots itself in the head at the very yeah. end with a really dumb gag involving a microwave yeah. 
which is just like you had me in the palm of your hand and then you just kind of go yeah and i just i felt so bad about that. i had to wonder what was kind of going through their head with that ending because even in the rated version that ending and there's an alternate ending and the ending is the same so this was the scripted ending this wasn't yeah, something this like what the they stu- wanted. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't something mm-hmm. the studio came mm-hmm. up with on the fly. Like they, they even um, they foreshadowed to it by mentioning the microwaves malfunctioning. So I'm like, oh boy, because like uh, on that that movie, I remember watching that movie at home. It was right before I was going to go to work, and I had it on, and I, you know, I, I didn't see it in the theaters. And uh, the part with the the, the garbage disposal. Where they have his face in the sink and he's they're drowning him and then he sticks his hand in the garbage disposal to pull the plug so yeah. he can he can get the water out and the husband looks at the wife the wife looks at him like are we gonna do this because we're here we we either, we we gotta do this and he just flips that switch and you hear and you see blood start to oh. come up and then you hear him gurgling while he's screaming because you know his hands being and he just shoots his head up and he's screaming I'm, I'm I paused the movie I couldn't breathe I was starting to hyperventilate yeah. like. That looks so painful. Why? 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 And then from that point on, the movie, you know, it was fantastic. And then that ending happens. And I'm like, yeah, it was it really was. It was such an arbitrary, weird, last minute thing. And then the movie ends. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, what the fuck? And I think that's one of the reasons that movie isn't discussed very often anymore, because it was just like, Oh, this was really good, and then they just kind of pissed in your face. Yeah, it, and it was just like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I think what you would know. have been fantastic, and it would have been a much better ending, and and I, I wish they had done this. Is I I believe, and it's been a while since I've seen it, so for, forgive my memory, but she's she's getting ready to kill him, and the husband stops her, or something like that, or he's on the ground, he's unconscious. It would have been better if she beat the fucking shit out of him and as his body is being pummeled and his face is unrecognizable that's when the husband comes in and stops her like she's Mm -hmm. so desperate and terrified and you know and and she just wants to kill him and then as they're driving away on the boat it just cuts back to the carnage kind of like it does with you know him cutting him in different places so he can't move and Mm -hmm. and showing the aftermath of the horror that you know came upon them that night versus yeah we're gonna have his head blow up on a microwave yeah, it was just. I was a really. I've never. I've. It's always horrible for me. It's some of the biggest tragedies in cinema when you see a movie that's doing so well, and it just shoots itself in the dick yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's and that's so. I wanted to bring it up because again, there's a lot of it I really like. But Peter, did you see it? Uh, yeah, I actually went to the. I got to the premiere, but I have so many moral problems with the remake. I know a lot of people find the original offensive, but I. I have it reversed. This is probably too big of a topic to discuss here, but, um, you know, Wes Craven was definitely a very transgressive, mm-hmm. politically-minded filmmaker, especially in the 70s. And Last House was very much a protest film. It was very much, you know, protesting the sanitation, the, the sanitization of, of violence that was happening on the news towards Vietnam. And the remake, uh, okay, maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought it was a huge plot hole. The daughter is raped, right. but she's not murdered. And the family never actually finds out so they're just cold-blooded murderers for no reason. And there's never a moment at the end, like the original, the whole the original ends very much like Hills Have Eyes, where the family realizes who've murdered, you know, the people that murdered their daughter, yeah. that they become just as bad as the people that have killed. None of that is in, it's literally just parents who go on a massacre without even knowing what happened to their daughter. I, I can't remember. So I'm not sure I've seen morally what I'm supposed yeah, to. I was going to say, they do find out yeah. she's been, I do find, they do find out that she's been raped. Something with a necklace. Because she's conscious on the table. 
I think she tells them, and she, and then okay. But do they know who? I don't think they no, know. No, well, exactly the, the, he walks into the room just, and he sees like, her, and they're in the room, and they see his reaction of him freaking out. So, like, I think they kind of piece it together. This guy yeah. knows something. But he knows something. But can you, is it really justify cold-bloodedly torturing and murdering people like that? It just seems like it gets the audience to like be on the side of the parents and enjoy the bloodletting without earning it. So I kind of, I know that's a very a highfalutin point. way to look no, at it, but it made me kind of like, what, what it, is this about? It's been a while since I've seen it, so yeah, I, I do need to rewatch it myself. But I, I, yeah. I, 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 need, to, me too. I, I need to rewatch everything but the last Yeah, time I, I do though. recall <laughs> there being yeah. a realization that something really yeah, awful happened to our daughter, her friend's dead, it. and these are the people responsible for it. That's why we're doing this. Because right. there is that moment where yeah, they it just look seems at like I, I don't know if the parents would yeah where they look at each other leap. like are we really yeah. gonna do this, this uh, and that's when they're just like yeah we have to now you know this yeah. is yeah maybe it's a, yeah I, I tried I didn't buy the parent that realization yeah. maybe I need to see it again but I was like eh. um, yeah so the ending with the microwave yeah, is is pretty yeah. is pretty silly isn't it but that's why I think maybe people don't remember too it just it doesn't feel like it's, it's no. transcribed that's all anybody remembers the microwave no. yeah because yeah. yeah. exactly. that's the problem that's yeah. the problem yeah. with yeah. it True. it's just like yeah anyway yeah. but yeah. um uh, do we have to discuss this next fucking yes, one? Yes, we do. Um, and we're not. And Which again, and again, we're not going to discuss it in depth mm, because we it? do plan on doing a series retrospective, much like we did with the Friday the Thirteenth series. So we will save our in-depth thoughts for this one on that. So quickly, let's talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Uh, I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. I. I, I <laughs> I don't hate this movie as much as other people Sorry, do. I understand the problems folks have with it. I, I definitely understand where they're coming from. There are certainly things about it that I don't like, but there are things about it that I do like. Uh, I like Jackie Earl, Earl Haley as Freddy. I liked the idea of people not sleeping, experiencing more than just bags under their eyes and slight tiredness. Um, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Heather, Nancy is saying she's coming up on the seventh day of not sleeping, which, scientifically speaking, means she should be dead. You know, mm-hmm. and in this remake, they they <laughs> they touch on that that like, yeah, you can't not sleep for days and not have your brain start to fuck with you, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what starts to happen. And the kids start to experience micro naps where their brains going to sleep whether they want to or not, which is allowing Freddy to get them whether they. So they have to. There's a sense of urgency that's there uh, in the remake, and I also, uh, I yeah, I, I there's ideas in it that I liked. You know, it does have its problems, but I just I can't get behind the amount of hate this movie gets. I just think that there's worse. There's far worse out there. Yeah. I'm actually really good. I don't hate it as much as other people. I don't necessarily love it or watch it, but my big, I think one of my biggest problems was I felt like they stuck too closely to the original yeah. dream sequences. So you got these sort of watered down versions. If they've just done totally new, um, the other thing, not that in defense of platinum dunes, but they've been pretty honest, like Bradley Fuller and some other folks that, when they got their rights finally to do that, that was like their Holy Grail remake. They were under so much pressure that um, they over, they second guessed and they did it like everything, every decision mm-hmm. got done by committee and they hired a director, Samuel Bayer, who didn't really want to do the movie. Um, uh, not that he's a bad director that Bradley Fuller was actually like, he's like, you know, yeah, we probably should not have pushed someone yeah. who didn't want to make the movie to do it. And it's so, defi- yeah, it's just, um, 
So I don't hate it as much as everyone else, but it, it certainly was not like if you're gonna make Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like you better yeah. bring your A game, something like that, you know. No. Yeah, the scenes they took from the original film felt very out of place in the remake. Um, specifically the bathtub yeah. scene. I remember seeing that in the theater and somebody went glug, glug, yeah, glug. Like, yeah. like in the theater and the entire theater started laughing. Glug, yeah. Because in the original that scene pays off yeah. in the remake it's just there to be like, oh yeah, we're remaking Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street. Here's the infamous bathtub mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. you know, that kind of, but that stuff could be taken out of the movie and the movie wouldn't change at all um, in terms of like what's there. And uh, yeah. the other thing that yeah. I, you know, about this one yeah. too is there's an alternate ending on the Blu-ray that I really wish they had stuck with. It's a much more satisfying ending. Um, it's much more ballsy. And it, 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 I think it would have, it might have, I don't know if it would have helped people enjoy it more, but I think they would have respected them doing something a little bit different than mm-hmm. what they ended up doing. Yeah. And also Rooney Mara, she didn't want to do the movie and she's come out against it since. And I didn't think she was a good Nancy. I actually preferred, what was the blonde hair? Oh yeah. Name? Like I remember. Character. She was in Black Christmas. She was, right? she was yeah, a yeah. Black she Christmas good, remake. Yeah. I would have preferred her. Yeah. yeah I preferred yeah, her. Yeah. Katie Cassidy. I prefer her as a as a lead, but anyway. Yeah. I, I, sure I know you got yeah, on to the next just, one. Just say it. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 Kevin. What do you think? He hasn't seen it. Uh, well, I hadn't seen it's it yet. Fine. Oh, that's right. You're the lucky one of the group. Uh, I got talked out of watching it for a well, long yeah, time. Yeah. But I will watch first. it sometime. I mean. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Unfortunately, yeah, when just it comes for up. Um, sake. All I'll say is, yeah. movies a pile of shit. Uh, it was one of the worst. Re- that yeah. movie should thank God that the Fog remake exists, so that it's not the worst remake that I've ever seen. Uh, I was uninspired, yeah. lifeless, uh, just dreck on every level. What few good ideas it had, it squandered repeatedly. <laughs> Jack Earl Haley, I felt so sorry for because the movie sabotaged every effort he made to try to make an impression in that character. It was terrible, yeah. lifeless, soulless crap, and. Uh, Thank God the Platinum Dudes people haven't made anything else really after that, like that. So well, that was the movie. Yeah, that, yeah because again, them, property, uh, property, property. Said, you yeah. know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So in the end, movie was yeah. crap. Move yeah. on. Uh, anyway, uh, so the, this was when the remake yeah. craze kind of started to. I don't know if it, we want to call it die down, but this is definitely when they started grabbing titles yeah. that had some recognition versus like it seemed like less of a factory assembly line after yeah, this point yeah because after this fright you know? night yeah. came out yeah uh and fright night was it was a movie i really <laughs> wanted to hate and this was this was kind of my dawn of the dead remake where i was like how dare you mm-hmm. uh right, and right. which is weird because i'm very passive on remakes i i've never like that this was the first one i was like same here yeah i was like no you can't way, yeah. you can't do this no fuck off get out of here with that shit uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it at home, and I remember after it was over, I was like, "I didn't hate that." And I, yeah. I actually had watched it with my a couple of my mother mm. and a couple of friends, and I had just shown my mother the original Fright Night in the sequel, and she goes, "Yeah, I thought that was good. The original had better effects, but this one was good." And I said, "Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I want to watch it again. I kind of want to see you know and, and, and revisit it." And yeah. and then uh, the more I revisited it, which has been a few times. Uh, I'm like, wow, this really stands on its own as a really good movie. It's a good it, vampire yeah, movie, it's and it's it's really fun. And uh, I, I, you know, they really did take the story and kind of modernize it. You know, they made it relevant for 2011. So good for them. Yeah, I like I I liked it a lot too. I was surprised by how much I liked it. It was clever, well written, 
great cast. I mean, just yeah. up and down the board. Fan-fucking-tastic mm-hmm. cast. Mm-hmm. And they went. They, they were smart to realize we can't out Roddy McDowell, Roddy McDowell. Right. That's a singular performance mm-hmm. in that yeah. in that role. What do we do to capture the spirit of Peter Vincent in a different way? And by casting David Tennant, what a great idea! Turning him into sort of a mm-hmm. uh, David Blaine esque sort of David Copperfield, music, you know, magician type, and then in- inverting it that way. I thought that was really really clever. And it's uh, I love the gag with the gas line going into the house. Yeah, and, that uh, was great. That was re- that was really clever and. I appreciated the cameo from uh, Chris Sarandon mm-hmm. in there. That was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it again, mm-hmm. that was one where they played with the original movie's expectations enough. There was enough of that in there, but they weren't afraid to put their own stamp on the material. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people kind of dismissed it, but sorry, I, I think it's very well done. And I, I, at the end of the day, I, I had a good time with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Peter? Yeah, you know, um, I saw it in the theater. It was it was it was fun. I did I liked the fact that they did make some clever changes, the location again. David uh, making Peter yeah. Vincent like this as a magician. Yeah, it's just kind of like a Chris kinda, Angel kind of yeah. you know deal. You know. Yeah, sure. And no one was trying like even the guy who played the evil Edish character wasn't trying. Yeah, to no copy one was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do prefer the original. Just I, I mean, I, I said oh. prefer like a spooky house down the street to yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. Make and, no um, mistake, I still prefer the original it, it over the remake, but I, yeah. I do think the remake is yeah. good. I mean, I was yeah. kind of pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. also, yeah, I, I, yeah. I liked that also, too, they, again, this is taking a character, and you because know, Amy in the original was just sort of there. Um, it actually wasn't surprising mm-hmm. to me when I remember that Tom Holland mm-hmm. kind of wrote her in in like the third draft of the script because before that she didn't exist and he kind of realized oh there's no girl in the movie we need to put a we need to put Mm -hmm. a love interest to a girl it was just the you know peter vincent evil ed and jerry and and billy cole Mm. and um you know so he puts her in there and uh in this one she actively really participates in what's going on and again she fights back at one point too she's not just a victim that yeah. Jerry eventually mm-hmm. gets to, but mm-hmm. in the original, she wasn't painted as a victim mm-hmm. either. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to point that. No. You know, it wasn't like that. No. She was helpless no. or anything yeah. like that. She, you know, but uh, this one definitely gives the character a little bit more to chew on. Pardon the pun. It was smart about it the way it reapproached the original material. Yeah, I thought it, it did. It, it was, it had a good head on its shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you see it? Uh, at this point in time, yeah. I was kind of remaked out, so I didn't bother mm-hmm. to watch yeah. this one either. I but, think that happened. You know what, Kevin? I think that happened to a lot it. of people. It did. Because this one didn't do. Some yeah. of the ones we're discussing yeah. coming up didn't do very well. No, no. And I think a lot of people were kind of like, yeah. enough yeah. for this. Well, this one also yeah. came out after Twilight, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. didn't help. Yeah. I don't think that helped, yeah. you know, a movie mm-hmm. like this at all because this was, yeah. you know, this this was on an R-rated vampire mm-hmm. horror film. I think people were vampired out. You know what I mean? I think they were just over the whole vampire mm-hmm. craze that Twilight had created. And none of mm-hmm. the people who saw Twilight saw this thing. Um, you know, because it obviously wasn't anything like that. And uh, there's even a reference, you know, a, there's mm-hmm. a reference to Twilight in the Fright Night remake where <laughs> yeah. Charlie says to uh, um, Evil Ed, you read way too much Twilight. And he, he's, just like, he's like, I'm so offended that you think I read Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, but I also like that, you know, he had that line of like, yeah. the, you know, this guy's not lovesick or brooding. He's the fucking shark from Jaws. And right. it, it, yeah, so it was like, yeah, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. in the original Fright Night, Jerry's a very is a very he's a very complex character like i mean he's he's not 
he's not a monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even gives Charlie an opportunity to 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 leave him alone, and he'll leave him. You know, mm-hmm. like if you forget about me, I'll forget about you, mm-hmm. and we can both go on with our lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, personally, if I was in Charlie's shoes, I'm like, all right, as long as you leave people I like alone, I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, just know. Tra- I just trashed your car, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You started this. And I'm going to Exactly. It. So it was just like, okay. But in the remake, it's like, mm-hmm. mm, he doesn't give him that opportunity. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm here to collect, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a chance to get away. Mm-hmm. And I like that they right. kind of did that, too. But anyway, Friday Night Remake, if you folks are out there, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people who did pretty much what Kevin did, uh, just kind of didn't see it. Uh, if you haven't yeah. seen yeah. it, I recommend it. Check it out. It, 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 I would recommend it, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's I'll check it out now. It's yeah. worthwhile. Uh, and then we didn't get another yeah. remake until yeah. 2013 with Evil Dead, uh, <laughs> which uh, I enjoyed. I, I, I liked it. Uh, I I saw it. The only thing about this movie I didn't like was the marketing, which was ironic, but... They made this sound like it was going to be the most grueling, terrifying experience of anyone's yeah. life. And to me, it was just, you know, mm-hmm, it was gory. Yeah. It was, you know, it was slightly disturbing and it had some scary moments. But I'm like, after it was over, I remember going, okay, that was good, but that was it. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, like, terrified at any point. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, it just didn't have that, you know, that that sort of, like, impact I think they felt like it should have had, you know, or, or supposed to have. But... I mean, I guess they got people's butts in the seat, so that works. But um, uh, this is one, too, where if you see this one, if you haven't seen it already, definitely check out the unrated version. And not for the reasons you think. Uh, They cut out a lot of character arcs and plot points in the R-rated version to speed up the runtime. And that's all in the unrated version. They actually even answer a burning question that a lot of folks had in the rated version about the process of the whole thing, because uh, there's a demon that needs to collect five souls to come back to Earth, and in the rated version, there's a you know a character dies off screen. You're not sure if they counted or if it was like people were legitimately asking like, did the dog count as one of the souls that the demon needs to take? Because they didn't see the other character get possessed, and in the unrated version, you see him get possessed before the house blows up. So you realize, oh shit, he's the last one, and that's how the demon gets to come out. But uh, I did, I enjoyed the remake. I thought it was it was. It was, it was a good, you know, I liked that they changed it up a bit. It was kind of trying to help a friend get off of drugs and kick a habit. And, you know, they weren't on a, on a, on a pleasure, you know, ru- you know, cruise or anything like that. They were, they were trying to help somebody out and, uh, you know, brought some character, you know, character development into it. They weren't two dimensional characters. I felt like, um, they all had issues and yeah, I dug this one. So I didn't. Shocker. Um, I didn't. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, very well made movie. I'll give uh, Fetty Alvarez credit. It was very well made and beautifully photographed. And I like the music a lot and the, the set pieces. Some of the gore set pieces. You know, everyone made a big deal about how. Oh, it's all. You know, I'm so glad it's physical effects and practical effects. Like that's great, but if that's all you got going for it, then I'm sorry, that's really not enough for me. But they were well done. I didn't care about any of the characters. I found many of them very insipid and. The idea of them going up there to get her off drugs, cool idea, but you know the op- movie opens with this scene in the in the cabin that takes place before they get there of this girl being tied up and tortured and burned to death in the basement. And when they get there, they go down the basement and there's a big scorch mark clearly where someone <laughs> or someone was burned to death. And then all their reactions are pretty much, 
That sucks. Well, the body's not upstairs. the body's not there. The body's not they there, but it's bur- very clear. They see a burnt post. No, but it's very clear, and the, and the rest of the basement is not looking too good either. It's very clear some damn shit went down the basement, and not one person, not a single person among them, guys, has even the, the slightest bit of hesitation of going. You know what? This creeps me out. I don't want to be here anymore. That's not true. And I. Uh, I, you know what? In any case, they don't leave, do they? No, because because the, the, the road gets flooded. They can't leave. Yeah, yeah, the road gets flooded. You know what? My hero problem with that whole movie is <laughs> another problem. I, I had two other problems with that movie. One is that they had to contrive everything to keep the kids there, which you know is a staple of all these Cabin in the Wood movies. But the problem is the movie The Cabin in the Woods had come out right before that, which had thoroughly and effectively deconstructed that whole bullshit. And I felt like I was watching the movie that was completely unaware that these were tire tropes that I was sick of. So I, I just was like, no thanks. But I might have given the movie a pass because there was entertaining enough, especially in the finale. But there's a closing end credit little thing that I found so stultifyingly weird and stupid. It was at the movie's over. And Bruce Campbell, as Bruce Campbell, I guess, just raises his head into frame and goes, groovy. And it ends. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck was that for? The fans? He's not in the movie. They're not hinting at anything. What the who was that for? I was so pissed off. I went, fuck you, Bruce Campbell. Fuck you. I was so pissed off by that that I just was like, you know what? I Fuck this movie. So there are good things in it. I don't want to say it's trash or anything, but uh, no, that one didn't work for me very well. Uh, it kind of reminds me of one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I went to a Mad Monster Party <laughs> in Charlotte, North Carolina. Bruce Campbell was a guest. And um, he had his Q&A. I went to his Q&A. He sat right in the front row, right in front of him. And before he came out on the stage, they had a screen set up. And it was going to be the first. And it was going to show the, the Evil Dead trailer for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was the first time anybody in that room had seen mm-hmm. the, the trailer. So they, they showed us the trailer. He comes out, and then he says, uh, after seeing that, is anybody still worried? And I raised my hand. Kevin, why? <laughs> Thinking I was going to be Good clever job, or funny like everybody else was going to, but I was the only one in that whole room oh, no. who raised their hand. Everybody looking at me. Oh, and he, you know how Bruce he? is. He oh, went, yeah. he, I mean... That's like he blood does. in the water, and he's a shark. Good I dad. mean, he 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 started at me. He was mm-hmm. like, "You must be from Wadesboro. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> and he <laughs> he went on and on oh, and on. No. no, he was cutting me in the. But in that time where he was just going on, I remember the last Q and A I went to where he said, "His number one question he always gets is, when would they be an Evil Dead sequel?" Right. And after he got done with his with his little thing he was doing with me, I said, "You always said your number one question was when would they be Evil Dead Four? How many people asked for a sequel? Oh, asked for a remake?" And he was oh. like, "And he was like, you got a point." <laughs> but anyway oh man Kevin 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 good job I feel so bad that that was like that's like you're basically a gazelle running towards a lion going eat me eat yeah. me mm-hmm. and oh, people man. brought that up all weekend <laughs> nobody I mean people I don't know walking up to me they was like, like you had a point though I was like well yeah <laughs> mm. 
Oh, nice. well, that's my that's my little story. Nice job, Kevin. Nice job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, Evil Dead the remake is just another one of those that I just it didn't make an impression on me. I know I saw it in the theater. I, I you retro. I can't really remember the characters. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just it just yeah. I've forgotten it really. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is. I mean, what what you say about saying Raymond? I mean, he's yeah. absolutely a visually kinetic mm-hmm. filmmaker. So I do feel like the remake. Not that they should have copied that necessarily, but yeah, it didn't have the same force of. That's a damned if you do, damned yeah. if you yeah. don't yeah. situation. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. overall, yeah. I liked it. I dug it. I guess if you're gonna watch it, watch the unrated version. It really is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it does certainly. add yeah. more yeah. to the story, which I think yeah, was sure. necessary. And actually, you know the the we're gonna get you. There was in every fucking trailer that they cut out of the mm-hmm. R-rated version. That's in the right. That's yeah, in the yeah. unrated yeah. version. Yeah. So uh, I was like, wow, I can't <laughs> believe they cut that out. So Especially weird. since they used it as often as they did. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Uh, so the last major remake or the last one the kind of the last breath i think and the one that i'm actually surprised took so long to get to be remade uh was child's play uh you know i really expected child's play much earlier than when we got it i mean realistically like i was like chucky you know i mean Mm -hmm. maybe because there was an active franchise going on in 2006 with seed of chucky i think that's probably Um, why you know but just and that didn't do so hot so maybe they thought well this isn't a marketable franchise i don't know but and this might have been the last attempt at you know doing something with the property for mgm uh but uh i i gotta admit i I dug this movie i really did i really liked the Hmm. the child's play remake i think mark hamill as the voice of chucky was was perfect um, I remember the trailer when you first heard his voice. It was fucking chilling. It was like, oh my god, this is going to mm-hmm. be terrifying. Uh, and uh, I liked the idea of an AI gone wrong. Um, I think that was a great way to modernize mm-hmm. the story because it mm-hmm. a voodoo supernaturally voodoo possessed doll isn't going to be as scary to an audience today as something that's more plausible, like a you know a, a, mm-hmm. a thing that's made to be a convenience going horribly wrong. Uh, or a, t- a child's toy that's you know that's uh, linked up to all these AI mm-hmm. systems just going terribly wrong. Um, it was actually really funny was when the trailer came out. There's a scene where um, Chucky it looks like he's powering on a Roomba. Uh, it was actually the scene where he's operating mm-hmm. the the self-driving car, <laughs> but it looked like the middle of a Roomba powering on. And I had a friend who said, uh, "If I if Chucky is on a Roomba in this movie, killing people, I'm going to lose my shit." And there is a scene <laughs> in the movie where he operates a Roomba for, for some. Uh-huh. It's when the guy's like on the pipe or something like that, and I was like, "Oh my god, there it is!" And uh, it was. Uh, I, rem- I remember it's like, "Yep, the Roomba's there." But um, he's like, "Let me find out." Chucky's been riding around a Roomba with like a knife trying to cut people up, you know, like mm, you know, while he's cleaning the floor. But um, I also like the, the way they introduced um, Chucky. To being becoming violent is the kids watching a violent horror film, uh, watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, and getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. And he goes, "Oh, they like that. Well, I'm gonna go, yeah. I'm gonna go hurt them because th- they find this enjoyable." And he doesn't understand the consequences. And then you actually feel bad yeah. for him later when Andy like locks him in the room and like, you know, scolds mm-hmm. him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just I I did I really really dug this. I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Um, not that I had like a lot of reverence for the original. I mean, I love the original Child's Play, and uh, the series overall I think is fine. But I'm not like a diehard Chucky fan by any means. So 
I don't know why I was so surprised that I liked this as much as I did, but I didn't go into it expecting, like, oh, this is just going to be garbage. I'm never going to like this, you know? Yeah. Other than the look of Chucky, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It was way better mm-hmm. than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be, or or it should have mm-hmm. been, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was yeah. surprising mm-hmm. to me, too. It surprised me in the way that the Fright Night remake kind of did, and that it was like... I, I And I really love the idea of the AI being the, the focus of Chucky's yeah. situation because these things, we bring all this technology into our homes, all these smart cams and Alexas and all this shit, and mm-hmm. the idea of that turning yeah. on us and that using it, mm-hmm. that, is a, that was a really smart, very clever, and very mm-hmm. insidious way of making the Chucky doll work for this. And I, I Mark Hamill did a very good job with the voice. The kill sequences yeah. are very creative. And uh, and I like the fact mm-hmm. that Chucky at the end, it's not evil per se. It's just completely, it's just mm-hmm. fucked up because it, it tried to interpret things. Mm-hmm. It's like how 9000. It tried to interpret things in a certain way yeah. and it just mm-hmm. failed. And it's trying to please right, right. us at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only problem I had with it, and Ch- and he and, and Kevin said, the design of the doll. And it's not because it doesn't look like the original Chucky. I don't care about that. That's fine. Yeah. I just thought the design of the doll was ugly. I couldn't believe that anyone would want to buy yeah. that thing and bring it in their house because it was an <laughs> ugly-looking doll. And I'm like, this yeah. doesn't... And also, the kid was a little too old to want a doll well, he like didn't. that. It was a little bit like... He didn't. You know, that's right, but I mean... I, yeah, kind of, true. No, she, she, she took it from work because it came back yeah. as a defect, and she kind of got... She even said, I kind of I uh, yeah, thought it would be a fun gag, you know? Right. Like, I didn't yeah. realize it was going to actually yeah. be broken, but... Yeah. Well, that's true. I fr- yeah. I had forgotten about that part. But at the end of the day, yeah. the doll was just so. It was really just it's a an bad design that yeah. kept distracting me, going, yeah. And I'm just like, I don't believe yeah. that this would take. But then again, I thought Cabbage Patch right. dolls were fucking ugly yeah. too, and they did yeah. well. So, are, but yeah. other than that, a yeah. very clever remake that again did what mm-hmm. I want most remakes to do: yeah. do your own thing. And it did. This, and it did it very Tupac. well. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. That I don't think got enough credit. You know, and for some reason, yeah. it just kind of seemed more ignored than. Yeah, hated. it was a, a like, lot of these yeah, recent remakes yeah. were just kind of like what now, Smiths. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although I, I got to see it. I actually huh. was on vacation in Ireland of all places, oh. so we saw it there, and it was actually really fun to see with an yeah. Irish audience kind of laughing at American culture and hearing you know, people talk about it. So that I ain't never had a fucking doll. It also, doll. Then, uh, <laughs> it also <laughs> didn't help that, uh, that Don Mancini very publicly spoke out against it, and and he really kind of yeah know, yeah. And, yeah and yeah and and Not a lot of the people who were in support of the original series and that were still actively going. And, you know, and I, I get where he's coming from. Like, I understand, like, you're very protective over the property that you've spent a lifetime building up. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of controversy behind the original Child's Play of who came up with what idea and what happened when and where and who did, you know, did, was it Tom Holland? Was it Don mm-hmm. Mancini? And at the end of the day, it's like, you know what, dude, mm-hmm. no disrespect, but you're going to get a check out of this. You know, you're going to get right. paid for this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's something... And he was still yeah, doing the something TV else to help further anyway. your brand. Yeah. Just you don't need to get people to rally against mm-hmm. it or, you know, against the people who are working hard to make it what it is. And there were people who were behind it. That, that, that's, mm-hmm. you know, there are other filmmakers who were a part of that that worked to make it what it is. And, uh, you know, you don't need to get the, the army behind you to say, fuck this movie. Just let people make up their own minds and just take your check, mm-hmm. make your TV show. And go about your business. I, I, I never, never understood why he felt the need to go after this movie with such vengeance and, and venom, um, especially since yeah. he didn't even see it. it. You know what yeah. I mean? It certainly didn't help the movie at all, but and it didn't need it. And 
it created sort of a bad cloud hanging it did over it really did yeah. In the community, in the horror community it specifically, did. It, did. It, it definitely did. And there, remakes yeah. already come with a stigma to begin with. So it's like you're. It, this movie already had yeah. something going against it just by being a remake, and now you're going to make it worse by telling people they shouldn't watch it because you didn't write it. Yeah. It's like okay, just you know, you're writing the other stuff yeah. though, and yeah. you know, I like, like I said, I like the other Chucky movies, yeah. but the series has gone a little off the deep end, and like, and, and it's fine, it's fun, it's whatever. But I'm like. You mm-hmm. still have this, and they let you have the keys to the kingdom for a long time, mm-hmm. and you took what was actually a really well-made horror movie, and you turned it kind of into a slapstick comedy weird thing, mm-hmm. and good for you. You morphed it into something new, but you've had control. Now, you know, it's okay if somebody else wants to take a stab at it, pardon mm-hmm. the pun. So, like, just let them, you know, and, 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 and you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, that, that whole situation put a, a bad taste in my mouth, but... Yeah. I, I, you say what you want. I love the Chucky TV series. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, really I well do done. Too. So, I'm enjoying yeah. it I mean, too. but yeah, I thought yeah, those, yeah, But sure. I also thought, okay, you didn't movies. need to sure. make the remake seem like it was Satan incarnate. This could exist with the remake, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, but yeah, that's that was kind of the last big one. I, Firestarter was a recent one, but that yeah. one again falls into that re readaptation. Re- re- so, yeah. uh, but I think yeah, that was the last one. You know of the of the major remakes, I yeah. I think so. Certainly in terms of a conventional yeah. remake, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was, what film would uh, that hasn't been remade yet? Would you like to see mm. remade? Horror film. Yeah. Hmm. I'll go first. I would actually love them to take another stab actually at the fog because I actually think that's a really cool. Like I I love the first original movie, a lot of nostalgia, but it's not a perfect movie. There's there's issues with it. So, you know, I think if they did that right, it's kind of a cool concept. You know, I love the seaside setting. It could be a really neat movie, so I wouldn't actually mind someone doing a Fog remake right. Well, Maybe, you know, cleansing the palate. Well, they have it. an advantage <laughs> in the, that they know one. exactly what not to do, you know. Not to do, so exactly. That, that's yeah. a good thing. Um, for me, I don't know what I would choose. Uh, so, there's a lot yeah. of movies that I love that I don't that are flawed maybe, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily want to see another version of. There is a, there's a slasher film from Canada that yeah. I dearly love that is deeply flawed, but I think could be redone and would be very interesting called Curtains. Uh, yeah. I, would, I would like to see that one redone mm-hmm, because yeah. that mm-hmm. was a deeply compromised film yeah. that mostly gets by on some very eerie set yeah. pieces and not so much on the, the script or really anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think sure. tackling that material in a new way would be very interesting. And I think you could do something that would honor the original, but take it to the next level. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something off the wall. Yeah. Neon Maniacs. No, that's a good choice. <laughs> that's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it is. That yeah. with today's technology yeah. and with those characters, yeah, that would be fucking badass. It would be, yeah. Because I mean, again, that's not a great film, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, that poor, that poor little movie. I I feel so bad for that. That's that's a movie I genuinely feel bad for. That movie just went through so much shit yeah. to get made, and it, it, they didn't even get to finish it. But they still like, they still put yeah. it out, and it's like they don't even have an ending on it. It's just it just all of a sudden abruptly ends, and you're just like, wait, what? And they can, and they um, can fix all that with a remake. 
That movie's yeah. like a little kid that got kept in a yeah. basement for 11 years and then just kicked down into the world to say, have fun. It's like, oh, hey, mm, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm. I, uh, yeah, that, that, oh my God, that, I'd love to read the original screenplay, but you can't no. find it anywhere. And unfortunately, the person who wrote it <laughs> is no, no longer the with us. Gone. They committed yeah, suicide in like 95. Yeah, there's no, there's uh, nobody sucks. left from that movie that would have a copy of the screenplay because I'd love to see because no one talks about what the original ending was supposed to be. There's people who were involved that were like, oh yeah, you know, we made it. They didn't get to finish the ending, but nobody well, ever says was. like this is how it was yeah. supposed to end. Uh, you know, and I was like, fuck, I want to, you know, I, but I agree, that's a good oh, yeah. one, Kevy. I would yeah. like to see that one get remade. Um, uh, if I had to pick something, um, I is I love the original film very much but i would i would really be interested to see and actually you're, you're all gonna hate me for this <laughs> but um i would love to see specifically rob zombie remake return of the living dead hmm. i think hmm. if he may remade that movie it would fit perfectly with his it aesthetic could. um yeah. because the movie was supposed to take place in louisville right. kentucky yeah. And it, it no, it does not. No, that's that's no. that's very much like Los Angeles yeah. punk scene, to the point where I'm like, why didn't you just have it? Take I know place that's in one of those. Yeah, like, every time it mean? says when that movie was at Louisville, Kentucky, I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, not, not a single person in the entire movie has a southern accent in no. Louisville, Kentucky. No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Return of the Living Dead is a fucking is. phenomenal is, film, but. but I would be really curious to see how somebody like Rob Zombie would tackle that material. With it's a know, better with, fit with than that, Halloween, I'll that say mind. that. That's you know, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what was funny too? We didn't talk about this earlier, but I wanted to mention it. Um, he was supposed to remake the blog. Oh yeah, again. yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. That's there was right. a point he in was, time yeah. where he was on he was on part he was on board to remake the blob, and recently in the last year, his the concept art was online of the, it was interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, uh. Did, did did Cherry Moon play the blob? Okay, good. Uh, I, God. <laughs> ah. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah. I'm sorry. I had to. What do I it. liked about his idea was that the blob was going to like take people over and turn them into zombies that are sort of like melting down, um, mm-hmm. and the town is getting oh, taken yeah. over person by person, and then the blob starts to come out of them, and they kind of merge into this big. Yeah. Blob, you know, that's by the kind of an interesting film, way so. to go by that. I would have, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like the blob, it's almost like a blob, thing, you know? a blob, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that would have been, yeah, I, I would have yeah. liked to have seen what that could have been. And yeah, uh, but yeah. the concept art that came out was really cool, and I was yeah. really like, mm-hmm. wow, like I, I do remember looking at that. I, I, I kind of wish this had happened, but I, you know, I can understand why he might have moved on, and other people might have moved on too. He's probably tired of hmm. you know, remakes in general, so uh, yeah. Also, sure. the Blob. I'm not sure would have been a, a hit for anybody. Yeah, no matter yeah. who did it, but yeah, yeah, it's a tough sell. So, anyway, um, yeah. It's with tough... that said, I think we have covered all the ground <sighs> we're going to cover as, when it comes to remakes here. Uh, yeah. So overall, you guys, mm-hmm. just real quick, your opinion on remakes? Love them, hate them, indifferent. Where are you guys at? I'm in on a case-by-case basis, pretty much, because at the end of the day, remakes are going to happen, and there have been too many of them that I've really liked yeah. that I don't want to be against the idea in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we're at a point right now where it's not every single goddamn movie coming out. Yeah, That was my problem with the early off movement. It was just like, 
we're not going to get an original mm-hmm. horror film again, yeah. are we? Um, but mm-hmm. so no, I, I'm, I'm not against them. I'm not for mm-hmm. them. I just want them to be distinctive. I just want them to try something different, and I want them to have, even if they fail, I'd rather them fail trying to do something original and put a new stamp on the material. That's all I ask. Just put a little yeah. effort, put a little mm-hmm. effort into it, and and mm-hmm. take away as much of the factory assembly line crap as you can from the idea. Just no nobody better fucking touch Jaws. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> They keep threatening yeah. that every few years. I keep hearing that. And then the whole, everyone pretty much goes, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Just, yeah. No. Well, for a lot of years, no. that was yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah. And yeah. that's coming out next year. The trilogy. It's a sequel. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, a sequ- it's a sequel. Well, now it's getting a sequel, right? It's a sequel. Yeah. It's not a remake. Yeah. 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 Elmer's right, coming right, back. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling, you know, they're they're not going away. We're always going to have remakes. As long as the filmmaker has a, pan- a passion and a connection to the material and can find something, you know, relevant about it, then great. You know, we can get some great remakes. It's like you guys said, you know, if it's just IP or brand and it's that, like, kind of cynical thing, then ugh. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think when the filmmaker finds some yeah. way to make mm-hmm. it their own, it, it's, it can be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, some of the greatest movies, right? The Fly thing, all that. I, uh, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I take it as a case-by-case basis. Um, I've seen enough of them that I really like, and I've seen enough of them that I didn't like, and to me, that's no different than the genre itself, uh, and than a sequel or as many movies mm-hmm. as the genre has produced. I've seen my fair share of ones that I love and my fair share of ones that I hate, and for me, it, it never mattered if it was a remake or a sequel. Um, it was just the quality of the film itself that I was focusing mm-hmm. on. Um, you know, of course, there's times where you you, ha- you know there's going to be a direct comparison. You can't help it if you're a fan of something and you grew up with it. You love it. You're passionate about it. You're going to look at it comparatively speaking because it's taking the same material and redoing it in a new way. So there's always going to be that. But at the end of the day, if you kind of take each remake and judge them based on their own merits uh, versus comparing it to something that you love. Nothing's ever going to compare to that. Nothing's mm-hmm. ever going to compare to that experience you mm-hmm. had seeing whatever movie you love for the first time, it shaping yeah. you as a film aficionado, horror fan, whatever. Nothing is going to replicate that, and you shouldn't expect it to. And I think that's what a lot of people with remakes do and why they end up getting so trashed is they're pissed that it didn't give them that same mm-hmm. feeling, and you're never going to recapture that. So just you know, yeah. mm-hmm. going for a new experience mm-hmm. yeah, is what no. I would say for mm-hmm. a remake. I, at the end of the day, I ask yeah. remakes what I ask of any movie. Don't regret my ticket purchase. Yeah, exactly. So. That's all I ask. Yep. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. So that about wraps it up here, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you guys uh-huh. enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back next month. Uh, we actually have two episodes coming out in August. Uh, one is a surprise interview, which we're all very excited for. Uh, and so keep your ears mm-hmm. peeled for that announcement uh, this month. And um, yeah, uh, anything you guys got to say before we head no, out? No, I don't think we're good. I, I, as I'm sure everyone out there will agree, we missed the obvious ones we should have discussed. And uh, oh, so yeah. we were totally wrong and we fucked this one up, uh, but we gave it our best shot, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as always, <laughs> keep it spooky.
And Sherry Muzambi is a blob. <laughs>